about Stunner. Two answers before you even get started. I don't know, and if I did, we wouldn't talk about it anyway. Something as simple and innocuous as this becomes a challenge for all of us to maintain accountability control of our critical infrastructure systems. This actually contains the Stuxnet virus. It's impacting industrial control. Is this something that's coming after the homeland? If you get up in the morning and turn off your alarm and make coffee, power plants, power grids, and pump gas, transportation, telecommunication, and use the ATM, you've touched industrial control systems. It's what powers our lives. Most of these systems are relatively easy for a sophisticated hacker to get into. The security experts who are studying Stuxnet really think it required the resources of a nation state. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 76 and my name is Scott. My name is Michael. I'm Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, hey guys. Up? Welcome back to the show. Thanks. He's from the, back from the Klondike. I did. I was up in the Klondike oh, last, man. last nice. week. Nice. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news, before our featured review of Star Trek Beyond. Oh yeah, that's what we watched this week. Yeah, right? Already forgot. From director, uh, from the Fast and Furious, Justin Lin. Uh, yeah. I don't know how this one's going to go, man. Well, we'll find out in the review. <laughs> Both of your silences is, is uh, telling yeah. to me. Uh, uh, well, no, I've got a lot of good things to say about it, but okay. I have just as many bad things okay. to say about it. So, Yeah, this is a rough one. Uh, you can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of your choice. Uh, visit our website, verticalviewing.com. Uh, there's a donate button there if you like what you hear. You want to help us keep the lights on, <clears throat> offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show. Drop us a couple of Canadian pesos, man. It's really nothing. It's virtually free but, yeah. to give Canadian we, money. So we joke about this every week. One day, maybe... Uh, <clears throat> I remember in like 2010 or 2011... When we were the, on par. The with Canadian the dollar was actually a little bit over. Oh, yeah, briefly. for like two days. Good old days. <laughs> it was pretty good eBay times. That's uh, true. Yeah. Uh, also, go to iTunes. You can give us a five-star rating if you dare, and give us a little review. Put a recipe in. What do you guys want to eat this week? Well, we never get what we were asking for. People really got to send these in. Uh, well, we were asking them to put it in the comments section on iTunes. That's true. Right? That's that's what we want. Uh, how about like the best baked potato? Oh, like fucking what, right. what can the, what can you put in well, it? Well, that's the twice baked potato. Is the best. I would like a twice baked you potato re, you, recipe. You rebake it, right, and put it back in. Yeah, you take out, you bake the potato, cut it in half, take the stuff out, put it in a bowl, mix it with like cheese, bacon, whatever you want, mash that up, put them back in the skins. Oh yeah. Put those in the oven. Yeah. yeah. Bake that up. Twice baked. Tons of salt. Are, it is, salt them oh, right yeah. up. All right, send us your favorite twice baked potato recipe. I yeah. want some of those. Freaking now. out They're right now. good, man. They're really good to eat. <clears throat> Easy uh, too. No, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you can send your thoughts and recommendations to our email address. It is verticalviewing at gmail.com. Boom. That's what it is. Good. Uh, on Twitter, we are at verticalviewing. That's what that is. Very good. Yep. Good uh, work. So we were just we were just having a heated debate about Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, war to warm up our Tim, vocal cords. Tim wants to be the ones who said, I told you so. A lot of people want to do that. 
Uh, why wouldn't it's a satisfying feeling to say i told you so yeah like people who don't but it sort of goes without you saying you don't have to say it uh, all but the it, time but sometimes it's like it, it, good it, it, it goes good. without <laughs> saying it, i it just, just it's kind of like betting in life it's like you don't always get the chance to like scott i feel like you never want to actually throw down cash on a bet sometimes <clears throat> i dude i played roulette when i was in vegas no i know but i mean like in real I life came up, like, like i think I, we should I, bet. I, I was on par like i lost i made back what i lost so i uh so you had, that's you had a, you cut and run. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's actually that good. good yeah. No, that you had a good. You were entertained for free. <laughs> exactly. Good times. No, I just mean in in like we should bet on just daily occurrences. You oh, okay, know? you just want to be one of those like, guys. You're gonna get a cheeseburger, and will you get one pickle or two in it? Let's okay. let's throw down okay. some money on this. But Anyways, being the one who I think said, that's the definition of a gambling problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is. But it makes going to McDonald's a crazy. You know, it's a wild ride now. It's a roller coaster of <laughs> expectations. You just you're, you're Mr. Atotaso <laughs> I, I over just, here. I just listen to epic music in my ear when I order. <laughs> yeah, like soundtracks. Yeah. If I may, I might okay. have said this before. Pokemon Go. Uh, if this, I just wish that I, I, I wish this thing was out when I was thirteen. Yeah. Because, yeah, but I can't even imagine having a uh, no, smartphone but, when I was thirteen. Okay, what f- that fine, been. fine. But yeah. like the, the way that this thing breaks the ice in a social way is unlike any game I have literally ever played. Like it's it's almost like the opposite of what games are doing to people these days, which is like cutting them off and sort of making them more internal and you know they they they, they turn away from online play because they're getting called a faggot and fuck you your fuck your mother yeah so they turn the online chat off in games people want to isolate themselves uh and this game makes you it forces you to socialize and and if if this game was out when i was 14 i could literally go up to the to the most beautiful girl that i could <laughs> find and then ask her what hey what pokemon have you found around here and she will she will answer me a, as a real human being and not as some creep who i always thought that i came so across is, as so this is a good point that connects back to our heated discussion which was about the fact that i think that this is more of just a craze that's in and it's a fad and we won't see people wandering around outside. Tim, there's like dating sites, okay? Winter. People are falling in love with so, Pokemon Go. So Come what on. you just pointed out around, oh, you know, people don't want to chat when they game or online because it's so negative and it's gone downhill. And that's what, when the internet first kind of came out, that's what chatting was this great, like, oh my God, who are you? What's going on? I can't believe I'm talking to somebody in, in Georgia. Oh, wow. And then it's devolved slowly over time into the garbage heap that it is now. So I expect this to go down the exact yeah, same I d- road. I deleted, well, my, once, I deleted once, my Reddit account this th- week. This once is a lot of novelty wears off, and it's like eight years of people like bumping into you. Hey, we're playing. What? And it's like it, it. people will start trolling these Pokestops or whatever's going on. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's not going to be cool and come january that's it's, my it's hard to compare them because this would be like if you're gonna troll someone you're gonna be real real life pranking them or bullying them and there are real consequences for doing that to someone's face yeah but it's still gonna happen and maybe it won't be as vicious as it is online because it's you I, can't I don't anonymously think it, do it yeah people I don't think will it could still be. take the take the piss out of people playing the game the you real know? the real key to the game is the lures if if we can yeah, move, we, can, we, we can move off this topic quickly if we can but the lures are the key to the whole game and tim what these are basically is you juice up the pokestop someone mm-hmm. you, buy, you buy these lures with real money 
Or you so, get them right. leveling up. Or you, you, you get them by, yeah. And these lures basically juice up a Pokestop so that they just start spawning tons of Pokemon. And people will flock to these. And that's how you create these sort of meetups and, like... It's yeah, it's pretty great. When shit gets out of hand in Pokemon Go with like stampedes of people, most likely there are several lures involved. <laughs> uh, and and you, when you see all these Pokestops spewing out, they look like uh, confetti, confetti, or they look like uh, you know from Vancouver here, they look like cherry blossom petals mm, just sure. spewing out of these things, and you're just like, oh, deadly! Gotta go gonna there. Be, you know, there's gonna be tons spawning there, and then you. You get to meet people and discuss Pokemon, and I was watching. I was watching Pokemon on. You know, if we can transition into what we've what been viewing, been watching? <laughs> I, I was watching uh, Pokemon good, on good Netf- Netflix. They have the uh, first season of of the original show. of the original cartoon Pokemon, and it was it's great to watch. Wow. Well, who was it? Ash, Misty, and Brock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bro- okay. Brock, who's just like yeah, they're all idiots, and it's good stuff. <laughs> um, so let's get into the show. Tim. What's up? You were just in the Yukon. Yeah. It was a good time. So you were in Whitehorse. Whitehorse and some other and like went to Kluwani National Park too. Okay. It was great. Mm. It's a great place. You recommend going? Uh, no, don't go. It's terrible. It, it was yeah, awful. That's, that's the thing. It yep. was terrible. No one did. Uh, uh, don't go back. How, many, go pe- how many people were playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> oh, no. I, guess I did barely noticed any. It was such a shame. It was really bad Pokemons up there. People were so keeping it real. You don't yeah. want to be there. You don't want to go. Um, yeah, we can keep it at that then. Uh, what What have you been viewing, though? I saw uh, Tarzan, like okay. Wait, uh, which Tarzan begins or whatever or returns. The I don't new remember. One? Yeah, the new one. Okay, so How was that uh, it's. We'll I think call, I said this is. We'll Scott, call it Tarzan Begins. Tarzan Begins. Yeah. Tarzan Skarsgård. <laughs> when I I told Scott the other day that it Tarsgard? was uh, it was it basically was like a remake of a throwaway '90s action adventure movie, like. In every way, is it forgettable and unessential? It's called the Legend of Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, it's like it's kind of it's entertaining. Like it's 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 not like two hours that are like painful. It's just <laughs> not. There's nothing original or new about it. There's nothing remarkable, other than maybe some of it looked kind of cool. And but that's cr- about it. Christoph Waltz. What's well, he was all right in it, I mean, but he seems to be like the more I see him in movies, the more I'm like, you you got to do something different. A break more, out of that be, be more different, I guess. Uh, I heard that Margot Robbie seemed to be the only one that was having fun with it. Would that was that yeah, accurate? She yeah, I think she was the most animated and most like actually fleshed out and three dimensional. Tarzan, you get you don't have a lot to work with because of the nature of the character, kind of. Uh, I guess like, actually no, that's not true. You could work more with that. Well, it sounds it, like the premise has a lot to work with, like him living yeah, it's true. in society and going. It. I'm back. just thinking his like personality is very nah. like meh. It looked it looked a lot like Planet of the Apes. Uh, no, it wasn't as good. Like the <laughs> graphics weren't as good. Okay. Uh, well, they didn't have circus to no to help exactly. Out. And I think I mentioned this too, but uh, I checked afterwards and almost. N- zero percent of the movie was filmed on location which i find for a movie that's supposed to take place in the african jungle it would have been nice to have like it was kind of obvious it was not filmed on location which i i don't like yeah okay i mean i'm at, I, i'm a real i'm real big on 
on location shooting. Okay. I feel like it adds a lot to a movie. I, I, I had suggested to you, you haven't seen The Jungle Book yet, which yeah. we were all quite big fans of. Yeah, yeah it was here on the show. It's, it's, it's 100%. Really well fake, done. But yeah, in the in the credits, as yeah. we're watching them scroll up, it says at, cheekily, che- cheekily says filmed entirely in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, that's lame. Yeah, I just, it looks I good know. though. Yeah, I it really I feel like just you can tell when a movie is shot on location or not, and it really to me makes it feel. I don't know. I really like on location shooting. That's the James Bond movies I've always enjoyed because they are always like okay we'll travel to mm-hmm. five different places on the globe to film this i always love that i, I agree it with feels you mostly on that more and more rare yeah the jungle book i think is a bad example because the only thing real in it is mowgli so I know, everything I else know. actually works because it's all fake oh, yeah. but with like a mix of live action and fake then it it does stand out more so i okay. agree this i mean yeah so legend of tarzan i heard it's, it's not it's, terrible right like it's, no it's not and <clears throat> and it's there's like moments of fun like in in the same way, and I'm trying to think of an equivalent throwaway '90s, late '90s action. The Mask movie. of Zorro. Yeah, that's oh, the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like that. Only and the, probably, le- the legend of Zorro. probably still not that even as good as worse. as the first Zorro one. Probably not even that good. It's uh it's like a Wolfgang Peterson kind of vibe mixed with um, who did the Mask of Zorro? Who did that one? Uh, Mar- Martin Campbell. <laughs> yeah, the guy who did like GoldenEye and... It's a total Martin Campbell. Casino Royale. And I think <laughs> yeah. he did uh, Vertical Limit. Yeah, Vertical Limit. Oh, that one's shit. actually kind of fun. Yeah, it's got a great opening. Uh, oh, man. It's, o- a, opening it's a juicy sh- one. Sort yeah. of little little uh, jump scare, I guess you could call it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, moving on. Hmm. Uh, Mike, what do you got for us? I finished Stranger Things. Okay. Oh, I have not. I've only seen the first episode, so please don't. So no spoilers. Spoilers, guy, for me. Yeah. So I um I am on episode five at the moment. Are you liking it more or less? Less. You think? Okay. <laughs> I could see that. My parents were actually big fans of this one. Uh, yeah. My dad was raving about Winona Ryder's performance. I think she's good, but it's up and down though. She, there are times when she's really good. Uh, and then there are other times when I'm just seeing right through. Which... Well, she overacts a lot in it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There are a few scenes where she She's really restrains a... herself a little. Maybe she was tired or something, and that actually worked in her benefit. Um, I mean, she's got a lot to go through. It's like the a mother's worst nightmare. So She's not that yeah. frantic through the whole thing, which is kind of nice. It's just a super pandering show, man. Like, there's, like, Star Wars toys. Like, the part where there's, like, levitating the Millennium Falcon toy. That like, was, the little girl oh, is, like... I haven't seen that, that was great, yeah. though. I, see that. <laughs> I know it's great, but, like, how pandering can we get? Like, they're literally, like, playing with Star Wars toys, and there's, like, posters for the thing. They're playing D&D. I liked picking out... Because um, it's all, like pulled from the classics so et and poltergeist and all that crap it's pandering and derivative it's just like how Both. many refer like how many retro beloved things can these guys be into at the same time like you know what i mean like yeah. all of them are like classics that they're into all at the same moment they, like, they happen to have incredible taste yeah kind of i guess maybe that's what i'm getting at like they don't have any shitty stuff like no, that's, everything they like is only the best yeah like they don't have any of that really bad ghostbusters that you know the fun oh the fake the funimation, <laughs> yeah, funimation. <laughs> whether in that old you know with the weird scream ghost rickety old cart yeah um 
Yeah, I, I don't think it was award-winning by any means. I found it entertaining. I uh, I want them to do a season two, but I'd like it to be like, I don't know, True Detective or... A new story. Just a new story every season. I think they're going with the same characters. You know, okay. really? Can yeah. I... Um, I feel like this goes back to something I feel like I've been, I've been saying for years, obviously. But why can't they just make another like episodic TV show? Why is every every single new TV show have to be like yeah. we're going to do one big story arc over every all episodes in all seasons? It's the perfect thing to bring up on our Star Trek review, <sighs> Tim. Thank you it's for really, it's really <laughs> it's I find that seriously the there's not enough meet in mo- the vast majority of these stories to tell them over such a long period of time mm-hmm. and they just drag things out um i just can't i can barely sit through whole series now like house of cards i originally was watching like, that was pretty good i'm barely it's, and then uh, now i feel like you sit through an entire episode and you're like that could have you could have done that in 10 minutes and you just drag this out for no well, reason yeah i just because I hate- you don't know what you don't have enough meat for a story that's mm-hmm. how i th- felt about game of thrones until this season picked it up again that's how I feel about most serialized TV shows. They're just like a bunch of time wasted to get to commercial breaks almost. Yeah. Or just like, you know, to fill time for subscriptions. We need t- 12 episodes this season. And like, oh, shit, our story only is literally we have enough meat for three episodes, but we're going to drag the plot line yeah. out, yeah. stretch it out like a slinky. And then just sort of like add stuff. Like the in. writing is not good enough, and that you no. can you see how I feel like every show goes veers off. Start strong, veer off because they had nothing. Like it, it. And I think there's people will get. I think people who love serialized shows and think episodic stuff is garbage. I think if there was more episodic stuff out there, they would actually appreciate. Like. Everyone, I think it's it's a more satisfying watch. Like at the oh, end of yeah, exactly. Like, at the end of each episode, episode, you feel like you've gotten somewhere. Yeah, like you feel it's like so you've... much better. I just like to see this. They create some really fun, cool characters and have them go on different adventures once a week. Law, that, Law and Order, yeah, Next Generation. Have it come and go, and I feel like Stranger Things. I uh, the first episode w- had a lot going on in it, and I don't know. I was thinking like, man, the rest of these episodes are gonna have nothing going on, and I don't know if I'm wrong on that, but my See, feeling mm-hmm. is that like they set up so much in the first episode. I'm like, all right, it's just gonna be about this girl and the kid, and that's the whole show. And I was hoping we were gonna get like go way deeper than that, but I don't know. Maybe we are. X Files. You miss this yeah. kind of stuff, right? It's it, yeah. It's eight episodes long. Stranger Things. It probably could have been a little shorter. They do pad it a bit. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed the episodes. Like I thought they were entertaining. Um, but as I said, they wouldn't be any awards. But there are there are a shit ton of episodes that are or a series that are episodic. They just all suck right now. They're all on like the CW and crap like well, that. Yeah, and they and it's more sitcommy crap. But like, where is the type of X Files or Star Trek kind of show that? Yeah, it's really hard to get, isn't it? I just feel like they don't exist. Maybe I'm... Well, there's a new Star Trek, which maybe I know. bring up a news. We're going to get to that you It's going to be a friggin' one massive story arc. We will not get classic fun, like... I really... Yeah, that's a big question. Planet that's, a, that's a big question. We're not getting it. So I watched... Uh, let me start with what I got tickets for. I got uh, a screening to uh, Cafe Society, which is Woody Allen's new movie... Mm. Uh, starring Jesse Eisenberg and Steve Carell and uh, Kristen Stewart. And this thing, I literally... So I saw this thing on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 
And in preparation for the show today, I, I had to actually watch the trailer again to remember what the the movie was even about and what even happened oh. in any of it. Oh no! Like it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> wow. amazingly forgettable. Very charming. Basically, you've got Jesse Eisenberg playing the nephew of Steve Carell, a famous Hollywood producer in the 1930s. Come to Hollywood, be my assistant. You know, whatever. Uh, you're unemployed. He meets Kristen Stewart, his secretary, or something like that, and they fall in love. And oh, Steve Carell happens to be dating his secretary. What? So it's a love triangle with your uncle and his secretary. You're both in love with her. Uh, yeah, sounds. Yeah, that's wonderful. it. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some funny stuff. You know, Woody Allen's dialogue is usually. Like there, there is. It's witty, and the characters do often have interesting and funny things to say. Like you know, one guy says, uh, "You know, the unexamined life is not worth living," which is, uh, I guess it's. I thought it was Isaac Newton. I, I think it's. I think it's even older. I think that's yeah. a Greek dude. Yeah, it might be Socrates, but he, he, Aristotle. Yeah, or something. he said the under the unexamined life is not worth living, but it's it's no bargain or something. <laughs> like there's yeah. there's dry, dry things like that that are right. kind of Woody know, Allen, Woody Allen stuff. Yeah. Uh, it got better as it went along. The first forty five minutes, I was like. Uh, I, I said to my companion I was with, I said, we could we could get the fuck out of here if you want. Like we can leave this screening. It was f- given to us by yeah. the screening company or whatever. We we can leave if you want. And we stuck through it, and it was not as bad as I thought. And I'm not so going to solidly middle of the road. Not I'm not going to see any Woody Allen movies anytime soon, though. I don't, mm. This guy is. What's the deal with Woody Allen, guys? What's, I never really. What's the deal? Passes prime. But I've never, I don't, I cannot answer. I mean, I guess I have to see Annie Hall and Sleeper and like the the ones that people, Manhattan, the ones that people swear by and say are really good, I'm sure are really good. Could be. I think you got to be into, I think you, but it's a, I think it requires a specific taste. Annie Hall. kind of thing. uh, As well, they're also products of their time, I think. Like when they were all released. Yeah. 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 I guess Annie, Annie Hall stole the best picture from Star Wars, which is. Probably a good thing. Yeah, I'm not I sure Star Wars deserved the best picture. Yeah, I was just gonna say A New Hope didn't. No, I guess in retrospect no, it might. No, yeah. but it didn't at the time. Neither did Return of the King. Neither did. Yeah, no. Yeah, neither did Crash. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. What else you got, T? Oh, uh, I think yeah, it's Stuxnet. Okay, so we watched Zero Days. This is the new Alex Gibney. Yeah. Documentary. Um. I'm glad you watched this. I just told you about this last night, I think. Uh, it's uh, good. Yeah. So Stuxnet, if you don't know, I've probably talked about this on the podcast before. There was a PBS documentary I watched a few months ago. This is a much more in-depth look at the Stuxnet virus. Oh, yeah. You have brought this up before. Okay. AKA Operation Olympic Games. Olympic Games, yeah. Yeah, that's OG. What, like, the government would call it OG, Olympic Games. They didn't call it Stuxnet, obviously, because that's what, like, Symantec, the... Uh, the antivirus company came up with the name for it. That Norton guy hiding out in Belize. Yeah. That's no, McAfee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, McAfee making crack cocaine. It's like, I'm, I just I discovered the Stuxnet virus. <laughs> That's pretty good. So basically, um, flashback to an earlier episode. If you don't know what Stuxnet is, Tim, what would, oh, you, what would, you, what oh. would you call this thing? So it's, I guess, about a computer virus, which uh, unlike previous computer viruses, had the ability to 
effect change like um physical things so create uh in this case to make a nuclear reactor fail and like a centrifuge yeah and to physically um be destroyed by through a computer virus so, so like this virus targets these little logic controllers mm-hmm. that spin up a, gotta, a centrifuge yeah there's a lot of like understanding how centrifuges well not a lot but it's it's, it's crazy it's core to the story and it's basically like the things are really fine-tuned, and if they don't operate uh, w- within a very narrow limit, then they'll explode or fail. And this is it, so this just takes them outside of that narrow limit. And this is the uranium enriching process? Yeah, potentially to make nuclear weapons, apparently. So what happened was, mm. in I guess in Belarus is where they first discovered this virus, and they're like, what is this thing? Uh, and then they discover sort of the payload of it, as it were, they call it, which is this... Yeah. virus to make machines operate uncontrollably. The cool thing about the virus is it like once they upload it onto the system, I think it stays dormant for like 13 days, they said. I think, yeah, seven days it just watches. And then what it does is it like records the sort of normal operation of these centrifuges. Like just here's how they operate over a seven-day period. Then after seven days, they start to go to work and start spinning these centrifuges up like motherfucking crazy drunk bastards. <laughs> and then they play back the data from this past past seven days that they recorded. So it so, looks like everything's fine. So all the technicians at the mm-hmm. nuclear facility are looking at their meters and gauges and they read normal. But yeah. meanwhile, inside of these centrifuges, the things are actually just like self-destructing. Yeah. Wow. But this thing's really about politics, and it's really about... Well, it's cy- sort of cyber warfare. And I think at the end, they they literally finish it with, like, this... They kind of seem to want to start a discussion around uh, if viruses can can do physical things and destroy physical objects, then should then these should be classified under more regular warfare or the fact that, in this case, they're... It was, it was set up for Iran. For Iran, so an like, Iran- this, Iranian nuclear facility got yeah. attacked by this virus. Would would this be considered essentially like acts of war? What is going on? And in this case, they seem to be uh, the amount of like interviews with people who seem to be very frank about like, yeah, Obama signed off on this program, and the program was set to end like a, a week before his inauguration, and then. Uh, it got yeah. resumed. There's, there's clearly some sort of handover of the computer virus. Like, okay, this, the virus will just stop operation. Obama will come in office. We'll just ask him if it's okay to start it up again because yeah. you know we got to get permission from the new guy, and then we're good and to they, go again. And they wow. think that it was enhanced that that point as well, where they made it. I forget how there's a lot of there's a lot of talk in this so movie, but it's it's clear that the US <laughs> had enhanced. the US was involved and Israel was also involved in this Yeah, in the creation of it. Yeah. Apparently. This is all like hearsay. You know, everyone no one will officially comment on anything. But uh, so the documentary uh, is a bit frustrating because there's not a lot of answers, but it's still fascinating to see like how things in the real world like you could see this operating on a dam like or you know yeah. or like hey just open the floodgates on a dam just just operate the logic computers that are controlling well, one these of those things you know floodgates it i mean it depends how paranoid you want to get but it's a matter of well if this is just one, could this just be one of many and could this be the state of like diplom like is is modern warfare actually happening right now between you know, states creating crazy... Like, is the the scale of this much bigger is the other question. 
So instead of nuclear arsenals, it's viruses. That it's like we don't, there's not like a cold war going on. It's like a, mm-hmm. cyber, it's a war. cyber war. Yeah. But oh, it's yeah. all on no one knows about it because and, and, this and, is and, all. And the way you think, oh, this isn't connected to the internet. So it's, it's, you know, this isn't like the movie Hackers where you just sit at your house and hack into shit. Just mm-hmm. over everything's on the internet. It's people. They figured the way that the Stuxnet virus was brought into the nuclear facility in Iran is by all the contractors who built the facility. Yeah. They snuck the virus onto their systems, and then they would just bring their laptop in or something, be like, okay, do we got to plug it in, do some tests on your servers well, yeah, they here. made it so that it would be shared, and then eventually it would just end up on one guy's computer, and he would accidentally go to work and bring... It's like... Yeah, so they, all of the contractors, you know, half a dozen different... You know, the people who did all the concrete work, the people yeah. who did the electrical work, you infect their computers with Stuxnet, and yeah. they are the ones who are contracted to build the nuclear facility, and and hopefully the virus will make its way in there all over USB, like not over the internet. And then think about mm-hmm. how, like this could be if you wanted to assassinate someone, the car that you could make it so that it looks like oh the car the brakes failed or that like you could make it steer, you could create accidents that mm-hmm. there's almost zero way to tell that it was done by a computer. And to, like, unless you literally, someone went through all the code and looked a, at something. A zero day, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. the name of the movie, meaning there's been a fix or the the security community has known about this exploit for zero days. Yeah. It's sort of like a new exploit that no one knows about. But just, I don't know, just it's, you, you could, I guess the idea is that this could change the entire face of warfare so that mm-hmm. you don't even know... Like in the case of Iran, they were saying that they started to kill some of the nuclear scientists, but because Iran had no idea, they only would believe, well, someone is sabotaging our system and it must be the people who work there because yeah. we have no way to, it's clearly it's not America or someone else because how would they know about That's this? That's the best part about the Stuxnet virus is it's <clears throat> like, it, it it's... It's you. You can get away with. It's the way that you can get away with something, and, and, no and one they would blame each know. other, yeah, and, exactly. and they think that it's their own systems or their yeah. own incompetence that's leading to it. Yeah. And, and final thing here, I, I mean, regarding the movie itself, uh, what did you think of the way that Alex Gibney? So he brought in this NSA source, uh, this whistleblower lady, and then yeah. they used an actress. But what they did is they like digitized her face with these like three D scanners, so it looks like almost like Deus Ex. These polygons shifting and morphing, and hmm. it looks it looks cool. I knew I almost knew immediately that that was not that was an not, actual. She person. was acting a little bit too it was the way overacting, and I found it. Yeah. One thought I had, which was, it seems that because the actor is like a, a relatively attractive blonde young woman, <laughs> and the voice is the like the person that she is intim- or um, acting as is computer coders and stuff like that and I'm just thinking like this is the, the antithesis it's almost like intentionally chosen as like what's the what's the least likely kind of person someone would think is like a super mm-hmm. a super c- computer nerd and it's like oh it's a it's a hot blonde <laughs> yeah. young woman yeah she's she comes out at the end saying i'm an actress playing an nsa yeah whistleblower but it's like plays it's like the exact opposite stereotype but then yeah. i was thinking that those don't Maybe exist anymore. Really <laughs> like, what? Those stereotypes don't really apply anymore because the tech industry, all, all the people that have graduated are young and attractive and wealthy now. Like it's, I don't know about all of them. Not all of them. Sorry, not all of them. But she there's, was there's like a, a lot of, She seemed like, like no, 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 a senior, I'm, I'm senior position, this, I think. The, it's the stereotype yeah. more. It's when you're watching a movie. If you're going to get an actor to, to act as a comp- super computer nerd, 
you don't you know what i mean this plays against that i just feel like there's an intent they must have intentionally chosen an actress like that it, it does stand out to, it, like oh, if, if, if you see the movie it, it's it stands out as very almost like you know melodramatic and contrived and it feels that very, it just doesn't forced yeah yeah i'm not trying to say that young attractive women could, <laughs> can't, are not computer coders I'm saying that it is just, the stereotype in Hollywood's. When you see, have you ever seen that portrayal in a movie? Ever? Wasn't Angelina yeah. Jolie a hacker? I was going to say like the <laughs> the net starring. Okay, uh, yeah. I guess you're right. I guess <laughs> Sandra Bullock. The way that they're talking about the, like I guess I'm imagining that the, the kind of coders you get at the NSA are like these are the cream of the crop. Like these guys would be the best of the best. She chirps out uh, Snowden at one point. She's just a contractor. I worked there. Yeah. Anyway, we should move on here. Do uh, <laughs> you have anything else? I uh, started watching season seven of Archer on Netflix. Okay, okay. Uh, season six was not good. Season five was probably... Is there, is there still a lot of yelling in it? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. is this like... Then I'm going to skip it. <laughs> yeah. is, they're skip not doing one. like the Miami Vice thing? That was season five? No, that was, that five was season or... five. That was the one one season where they were the drug dealers or whatever. Season six had a couple funny moments, but it... I thought it sort of lost its way. Season seven, I've watched three episodes so far. I don't know. I think I'm kind of over Archer. Dude, I, I'm honestly amazed that they've made seven seasons of that show. Like four episodes and I had been overwhelmed and was done with it. It is way too in your face, I find. The uh, yelling. I've also... Uh, yeah, go for it, Bob's it, Burgers it, if you want your H. John yeah, Benjamin. Exactly. Yeah, at least the jokes in the... Well, in the what first is, few what seasons, they were good. in Archer? Like all I, all I ever, my memory of that, it's been a while since I watched it, but it's just him yelling at the other agent and his like mom. And the, every scene is just them yelling at each other in an office. What else happens in that show? Uh, they kill bad guys. They get into sexually compromised situations. They kill bad guys. It's a, it's a spy show. Come on, man. It, it's an episodic spy show. But there's not a lot. Okay. Maybe I'll rewatch it. <laughs> it's like the jokes are actually pretty funny for the first few seasons, I thought. Like, the, I was a- actually entertained. Now it's, it's just overload, and yeah. it's kind of like SNL. The writing's just not. <laughs> as it's good just, as it's, it used it's to just be. the usual way that American TV shows work is just you milk a show to death, yeah. basically. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, and Bojack Season 3 just came out. Bojack Horseman Season 3. I've never watched this <clears> show. Uh, I have a hard time. I know, pe- I know that there are people that really enjoy the show. It's a specific type of humor. I have a hard time get really getting into it because it's super dark. It's like, weirdly earnest and in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel sometimes it's like, this is getting a little too real right now, guys, for a show about a talking horse. And I get that maybe that's your angle. Doesn't do it for me. It's weird. It's it a weird, weird juxtaposition. It's, it's an uncomfortable show. Like I feel, I feel uncomfortable watching it sometimes. Like a uh, curb your enthusiasm level. No, of... not because that's a fun, cringy. I that you, I love. You would call that a... fun, fun comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, like the end of season two, <laughs> the end of season two is an example for BoJack. Like he tries to hook up with his lost love or whatever, he, who he's been staying with for months, but she's got a family and she's like rejects him. He's living in a boat that he bought because he lied why he for why he lied why he was even there to begin with he was going to a boat show in arizona so he now lives in their driveway on a boat so he he's, he tries to make out with her and she rejects him goes back to his boat her daughter is waiting there 
because she's got a thing for him and he doesn't turn her away. And then the mom comes in and catches him before they do anything. Like, why would you do this, man? Like it is weird. Why you watching this broken horse character? Yeah. Just, that's what it, it's just, weird. It's weird. Like it's not necessarily always humorous. It, it's, I think it's rarely humorous. Oh man. I only watched, I think four or five episodes and then, yeah, it was too, too you packed weird it in, eh? Yep. Okay. Uh, there's some there's some pretty great moments, but ah oh, man, like it's so far season three is not. Hmm. Nah, this is a Netflix me. original, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like Fair. season season three starts with BoJack finally made Secretariat, the movie he's always wanted to make, but he wasn't there for most of it because he ran away from Hollywood to go find his lost love. So they just digitally put him into the movie, okay. now, and now he's nominated for an Academy Award. So he's like struggling to come to terms with that. Like, does he deserve it? Does this is this what he wants? Yeah. Why is so it? Why bother? I don't know. I don't get it. You're like, why would I want to watch that? I have been it doesn't sound entertaining. Rewatching a lot of Rick and Morty. And oh yes, that that, that, that to is, me a show. is why. Yeah, like that is by far I think my favorite v- that TV is program right now. And everything else, it just to make makes me feel everything else feels feels more. I wish pathetic. And there should be a feature. They should make a feature film Rick out of and Morty? Rick and Morty. They might. Uh, I don't know. Was season three coming this fall? Uh, it's going to take a while. Oh, okay. That was due. Although I didn't realize that there's like, uh, do people still call them stingers these days? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They, every episode them. of those has one. So I didn't watch them the first go around. And they, there's some really good ones in there. They um, all have stingers at the end of the credits? Yeah. Huh. Especially the, I don't know if you've, like season two because it ends on like a, they do a cliffhanger or yeah. ending or whatever but the the stinger <laughs> stinger is really good i don't think i've seen this i gotta watch, uh, I gotta watch you gotta do it I yeah because yeah, i don't know why you haven't man no, i know like, i mean the se- the first it, the first season is really like brilliant it. i just haven't bothered oh. to catch up on season oh, two man yet. it's just is it's, there any uh, plans for season three is that, oh yeah oh yeah. yeah 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 it's coming that's why soon this year stinger for season two is like a character that's only in one episode previously, but going like, all right, see you again for season three, maybe in like a year or like 16 months or I don't know, 20 months. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whenever we make forever it. for the next okay. season to come out, but I'll wait. It's worth it. Um, that'll do it for me. I, do you guys have anything else? Should maybe move it along here. Unless... No, nothing worth mentioning. No. Mm-mm-mm. I played Earth Defense Force por- uh, 4.1. Oh, EDF. Nice. How was that? Earth Defense Force. Oh, that old? Like, I think I like played P- the old, Japanese old Japanese PS, yeah, a yeah, PlayStation oh, game. Nice. You're With, fighting, like, tarant- and stuff? You're fighting yeah. tarantulas and giant ants and shit. Yeah. yeah, you're, like, blowing up buildings. They've up it for PS4 and uh, PC, and it's actually really fun. It, it feels really good to play a game that is, like, an arcade. It, it feels really good to play a Japanese game, first of all. Mm-hmm. You, you Remember when we were kids, every game you, you played was Japanese? Now, essentially, yeah, you never play Japanese games ever, yeah, literally ever. And this game feels super Japanese, super arcadey. Like, you go to mission, you start game, mission one, start difficulty normal, then the game begins, and you're fighting bugs already. Like, there's no like fucking around 20 yeah. minutes here's we could calibrate it look up look left mm, yeah. do you want to invert the control like fuck you control the brightness until you cannot see the like, white box i want yeah, yeah fuck this i want like a game that just begins and i'm in it like arcade games you you put you press start and then like they know they can't waste your time at the arcade yeah like it's instant action you play 1942 and you're already dodging fucking 
What are you playing, aliens? No, yeah. you're fighting just the Germans, I think. It wasn't the weird... The Germans had crazy battleships and, like, like oh, yeah, I don't know. spaceships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking... Do you remember the name UN Squadron for oh, Super Oh, UN Nintendo? Squadron was amazing. Super good, man. That one was really good. I love Makes that game. Makes no sense so now. The, the arcade... <laughs> UN Squadron. <laughs> it's a war game, and you play as the UN. <laughs> you get your different uh, ships and stuff, and... Oh, yeah, the, the arcade now. used to be a good place, man. Well... What's happening in games is what's happening in uh, TV. Everyone's going for like the long story and everything like that. Yeah. No, I just like that's why independent games are so popular these days because they're just a, like a plug and play sort of mm-hmm. turn it well, on, have it's, fun. It's everything. It's like video games trying to be movies and TV shows trying to be movies. And yeah. just make a movie if you want to tell yeah. that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's video. Yeah, it's one giant eight-hour movie. Well, don't you just don't. You don't need to. And I feel like TV show. just to go back on TV shows, it's really people have an idea for a movie and they turn, they're like, they're so obsessed with their own idea. They're like, it's worth it. I need like about 12 hours to tell this story. I know that directors of the past in the 40s and 50s and, you know, they didn't need that. But my ideas are like seven times as big as theirs. And it's got uh, a lot it's of scope. Gonna re- it's okay. going to require a lot. It's kind of the most the most monumental narrative ever told about anything. It's epic. That's why I need. It's like I can't tell. Tim, this it's just, epic. Okay, I can't tell it in just two hours. And then the studio says you get one movie, and that's how Jupiter Ascending came about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's, let's get into some news immediately. told you the reality you know is one of many this doesn't make any sense not everything does not everything has to through the mystic arts we harness energy and shape reality We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice years of it. There's a strength to him. But is he ready? There's a chance there's aliens at the bottom of the ocean. There's a chance. Haven't they know? only mapped like five or six percent of the ocean? Think about this: if you like were octopi, like octopus, like they're just like they're aliens, like they're just like aliens. Essentially, well, according to Lovecraft, totally are. Cthulhu. Oh yeah, you're right. 
And I like maybe the aliens would come to Earth, and because of the planet they're from, they they live in the bottom of their ocean because that's the they need the pressure mm-hmm. in order to keep their bodies together. So they're they all, just go straight all, to the bottom. They're all know? from Europa. They're just living yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, exactly, dude. There, there is for sure critters on Europa. I really want to believe, but I also there's a part of me that would be like. Maybe not right. They would go and they'd be like, guys, literally, no, we got nothing. Here's the thing, Tim. Sorry. There, like, there might not be critters on Europa right now. See, this, the, here's the biggest problem about space, you know, finding, you know, other cultures in space is like, it's, it's actually super probable that there are aliens out there. It's, it's just really unlikely that our culture, where we're like, where we are in the time. Our, our, yeah, exactly. Our yeah. development is going to line up with another alien culture exactly. Like, Hey, we're ready to meet a new alien culture. Like, hey, so are we? Yeah. Like, it's you're always going to be timing. Yeah. Like, it's always going to be unfair. One one culture is always going to be further along. Yeah. In their development, and thus see the other as inferior. So I like the fiction of Mass Effect. Like the Council decides which species they're going to uplift. So they just kind of show up and like speed them up. Like now you're a spacefaring race. We've helped you. That's crazy. I didn't know Mass, Mass Effect is a really cool property. And I love, it, the, and it, I and love it, the universe a lot. It feels like it's sort of taken what, like the the place of Star Trek. Like we don't have Star Trek in the way, you know, we want it with all its politics and social themes. And Mass Effect fits those. Yeah, I like Mass Effect. Those holes. You should play it, Tim. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun. It's cool. Did you guys ever play Wing Commander? Yeah. Yeah, I remember the how that had, Yeah, had like an interesting. Did that have like a dialogue system? It did. <clears throat> it was a fun. It was like an just a, like a shooter space game, but it had a really really good like cutscenes and story, mm-hmm. like a lot of like actual story taking place in it. It was good. Okay, so we should check out some news right now, and Comic Con is going on, so that's really what. Mm-hmm. What is so like much do- stuff dominating? So there's like a ton of trailers that came out yesterday. Four huge trailers. Kind of too much, too quick. I know it's it's hard. You got to share them with people and say, so "What did you? Oh my god, check this out!" And this. So there was four big <coughs> trailers yesterday. Uh, I guess we got Doctor Strange. You texted me while I was watching the trailer, <laughs> dude. Check out the new Doctor Strange. Uh, trailer. So the trailer's two minutes long. So what? What are the two and a half? That was so crazy. Two and a half minutes long, and what are the odds that I text him while he's watching? It's crazy. Uh, so Doctor Strange, the Kong Skull Island trailer. Kong's uh, fucking huge. Yeah, one Wonder Woman and Justice League mm-hmm. all came out. Wh- wh- where do you guys want to start here? Uh, let's start with Doctor Strange. Yeah, that thing looks visually un- unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I don't, Stunning. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to make of it. Yeah, I'm gonna walk out of that theater and just expect reality to bend. I just I think. I, people are really comparing it to Inception. Like I feel like in, just because of the city, the one, trending, the but one that's about scene it. If in you Inception. Fold, if you fold a city up now, you're just always gonna be compared to Inception. Is that yeah? Well, and it's not even like Inception was the first. City folding movie, movie, anyways. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't the first city folders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> it's just a shame that people just automatically say it's just trying to ape Inception. Well, I can. I mean, it's a two minute trailer. What do you expect? No, I know. 
it he looks really awesome. Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. looks really cool. The shot where he flips his cape around, yeah, that was pretty it, sweet. It, everything in it, it just looks badass. The thing that I don't know very much about is actually Doctor Strange, and it feels like maybe the character feels a little too cheesy given the what it looks like it's going to happen, but. I don't know. We'll see. Well, he's like a sur- is he? he's a surgeon who loses the ability to use his hands, oh, and then yeah. he's given literally magic. Like he's like a magician. He becomes like a a, a sorcerer, a, a magician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, gets into an accident, wrecks his hands. He's like the best surgeon in the world. Loses himself. Goes on like a journey of discovery or whatever. And see the the the, nice. the reason why it's actually pretty good now yeah the reason why i have high hopes for this is i haven't seen i haven't felt like a marvel movie has given off this tone or vibe since the very first iron man movie it, it this doesn't necessarily feel like a comic book movie yeah it feels like its own thing yeah i could see that it feels like you could really draw people in who just want to see an entertaining sort of action Flip, yeah. fantasy thing yeah, and it you know you don't even realize it's uh, it's in the Marvel universe. Well, you it's know? so different from all of the other films so mm-hmm. far that I'm this so thing, gl- I'm so glad it's coming. This thing is gonna do real well, I think. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. so. Ooh, I'm I'm super stoked. I'm pretty stoked. I it, like all of the actors in it, all of them. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, Ma- I, Mads Mikkelsen. I I, I was. I was really, really digging. He hands him the little uh, piece of paper that says oh, yeah, Shambhala. Yeah. Shambhala, and then he goes, "What is this? My mantra? <laughs> no, it's the, the wi- Wi-Fi password. <laughs> it's the Wi-Fi password. We're not savages, <laughs> you know." Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, that caught me way, way more than it should have. Like I giggled. Yeah. yeah. Way too you long. Had a good chuckle on I, that one. Oh yeah, I, uh, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so we also got a trailer. Like a sensible laugh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we can stay on, I guess, the... Yeah, just go down the list. The comic book well, train. Well, with Marvel, did you see the uh, trailer for like Luke Cage and Iron Fist? No, I didn't see any of that. Okay. No. Is that okay? Luke or? Cage looks pretty good. Iron Fist, it's just a few shots, and I'm a big fan of Iron Fist. He's such an obscure character. And these are Netflix series. These are Netflix right? ones. But I, I love what they've done with all the Netflix series so far, so I'm super excited. Mm. Uh, and then we got, so we got a Wonder Woman trailer. Mm-hmm. Weird. I, I think this thing looks amazing. It looks pretty good. It just, I did no idea. I didn't know anything about the backstory of Wonder Woman, and I don't know if this is. So this is in the DC universe. Oh, right? I know that. We'll switch over to that, of course. This is in the Batman versus Superman universe. Didn't I have see it. You haven't seen it yet. No. You should get your hands on the three-hour ultimate no. cut. No. no, no, no. Don't watch it at all. There's no point. You That's, saw it? No, no. I mean the movie in general. Like whatever version you're watching, is it bad? Don't. I imagined it was bad. That's why. Well, here's the it. thing, Mike. You're 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 unfortunately going to have to watch it because <clears throat> Suicide Squad's coming out in two weeks, and then you're you're going to be getting you know this thing, this Justice League thing, and Wonder Woman. Like we're going to be getting several. You got to die. You got to get used to it. Yeah, like you can't really skip Batman v Superman at this point. You, I think you can. You can. It, you can sum up what you need to know in a in a okay. So you sentence. Can, <laughs> so you can skip the three hour uh, Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh, no, you're probably right. I just think Wonder Woman looks awesome. It does look pretty cool, like World War One. Yeah, mi- yeah, there it it's is. Interesting. Yeah, There's not a lot of World War One stuff. She's tearing the battlefield up with her shield and blowing dudes up on like on a World War One trench warfare with Wonder Woman. Yeah, I never Sounds thought I would be. Sweet. I mean, I never thought I'd be in for that, but it looks badass. And when she's she's fighting dudes in close quarters in little... Yeah, I mean, it looks... Yeah, 
She's got the lasso going, which I thought actually didn't look that bad. I was wondering how they were going to do that. There's something Wonder Woman seems super cheesy, and the oh. and and this depiction is like I guess going in an opposite direction. It does feel a little bit off to me. Like it feels. It looks like Gladiator mixed with Saving Private Ryan, man. Yeah, it's yeah. cool, dude. Uh, yeah, it looks. It looks. It just. Do you know what I mean, though? Maybe it's just also the title. Like Wonder Woman is like one of the most unfortunately named decent, yeah, like, superheroes. Yeah. And it's then like, they, uh, they go into the tribal music, like, well, I was going to bring that up. And that's when Red, in the theater, when we went to see uh, Batman v Superman, when the Wonder Woman theme came on, Red put his hands in the air yeah. and made this, <laughs> w shape. this W shape with his fingers. Yeah. See, I was going to bring that up. The trailer I thought was all right. Like, I'm looking forward to the movie. Well, I wasn't super stoked until that music came up. <laughs> I, was like, I yes, feel like they just should have made it like the is... 70s, 80s sort of like... I don't know. That it's, to me is dark Wonder and, Woman. Tim, it's, dark, it's dark and gritty. What do you want? I, don't, I just... The DC movies are... Um, I don't know if the tone feels as good dark, as... Dark and gritty, huh? Well, that's obviously not what Justice League is going for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that thing, I thought it was fake. I literally thought it was like an it SNL like skit a, it or something. It looked like a fan edit or something. That thing is real? Or that's just like a Comic-Con teaser, I guess, that yeah, I think so. they I think put out? Yeah, I think it's a Comic-Con thing, yeah. Okay. It looks really bad. The to, movie? Uh, to me. I mean, I don't even that, know what's happening in it. You you see the Flash and you see this Cyborg guy. Do you know Cyborg looks I hope they do better work on those looks, effects cuz he uh, looks he really is, bad. I forget who he is. The Flash. Wonder Woman is part of the Justice League as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um The Flash uses the speed Batman, force. Batman Superman is part of it. I guess you know what? I I will be honest. I did find the scene between Bruce uh Bruce Wayne and the Flash to be decent, where yeah. he, he tosses the Batarang, and then the Flash is sort of just chilling, looking at it, and going, "Huh, you're this is Batman." Like, I mean, that that was kind of yeah. cool. And <laughs> asks it if I actually kind of liked that. I don't know. I kind of have a good feeling about this one. You for do. Some reason. You do. Okay. See, I don't know why. Because you didn't see BVS. That's why you didn't yeah, see Beavis. I right. You need not to like see- I have a good feeling but more of like no skip it and then you might be like this man the dc universe is sweet well i was always more into dc growing i i did not dig marvel as it i always thought marvel was like that's the cheesy one that's for kids i you know i'm a i'm eight <laughs> dc is where it's at i'm old you know like this is the mature kids this is detective yeah comics. these are detective these are marvel they're not like you know Serious business going on in these ones. Yeah, these guys are all detectives, okay? But they're not. The film versions are not cut, <clears throat> not cutting the mustard. Well, this trailer has more jokes in it the enti- than the entire Batman versus Superman film. Is it really serious? Oh yeah, it's oh, dour, no, really. Um, and that's actually one of my complaints about this trailer. I don't know who Ben Affleck's playing in this, but he's not playing Batman. Like he's this like ha- a nice dude. He's kind of like this happy-go-lucky guy who's just like joking around. Like what? I think because the tone in this one is going to be because it's like a party, it's like a team, you know. That they, they have to go with. It's going to be a little wacky, guys. Just like the Avengers, it's their Avengers, so they know they. It's like they're going to try to. It's a disaster at this point, though. The like, problem, the problem oh. with this is, is that they're literally like, like almost a decade behind. Like they're they're working on Avengers three already, and yeah. they're not even. We haven't even gotten one Justice League yet. Yeah, because DC doesn't have the the catalog. We're do, like we're nearing the end of this gravy train. 
Yeah, it, dude. The reason why it's it's the nature of the characters are shittier in DC other than Batman. DC's missing the boat, man. Like this, like I said, this this party's gonna be over soon. In five years, no one's gonna be going to see any comic book movies. Once when, when the Avengers cycle is done, is it ever gonna be done? Well, I Avengers like in, in, Infinity War is gonna be this two part extravaganza culminating all of the entire Marvel phases into one massive but I feel two like part ex, you D- know Disney is trying to create like in the same way Disney would just pump out they're, like they're, you're they're never gonna, gonna it's like Disney will always exist no they're gonna keep out. making movies Marvel after that. will always <clears throat> exist and but pumping shit out. this is the end of like Chris Evans and Mark Ruffalo and Robert oh, yeah. Downey Jr. and like all of the main yeah well, Avengers like, are uh, may, are gonna be done after the third Avengers and Marvel Comics has been replacing all of them with new people too yeah well, so, that's why we're getting doctor strange and yeah i mean they're setting up you know future but the, na- the nature of comics is that you can you can they've let these things roll out like that's oh yeah no they have they have general. future go on forever but but th- those are gonna probably be mid-budget small things that aren't gonna be like audiences aren't gonna be Spending their top dollar do on comic like book movies. Star Wars. Do you think they're going to keep doing? Like, I I'm, think I'm Star hoping Wars that sci-fi keep... is the next comic book craze. I am. Well, I think I'm probably wrong, but Star Wars is. Well, no, but I guess I mean sci-fi in general. Just those are the. What... I feel like we've already been on a sci-fi kick. Okay, for like well, the last ten years from now, years. what are, the biggest movies of the summer are going to be? What genre? They're not going to be comic book movies. They're not. But no one like sci-fi. yeah. But like, be, I don't. I don't know be... westerns. Who the fuck knows? Well, trailer for the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, it, it looks. I don't know, man. I uh, you I, like I, that? I kind of like how they were setting it up. <laughs> if it's rated R, which it won't be. Yeah, the original was so good, though. Okay, Kong Skull Island. Uh, looks pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, I when okay. I actually saw how big King Kong was, I was sort of. Thinking He's so I, big, I, I kind of wish this was actually a different movie, like a or a different bad like character. I'm like, I wish it wasn't King Kong. And there's was a giant different. spider. They're looking up, and there's some sort of giant spider. Yeah, I know, but I just would rather it be like aliens or something. You know, like Cloverfield meets meets Vietnam or something. I like the cast. Yeah, it looks so. You got Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, Brie, cast looks great. Brie Larson, John Goodman, Sam Jackson. Happy to see uh, JG. Yeah, Again. I think that was actually, from what I understand, that role was originally uh, J.K. Simmons, and he dropped out of oh, the movie. Crazy for some reason. Uh, he would have been good in that. Yeah, seems he's good in everything. Seems like a good call. I just think this looks really like I, I love the angle on it, going for like a like a Vietnam angle. Yeah. Like these are Vietnam soldiers. Well, like the shot with the helicopters, and then Kong in the background. Like it, it looked like a Vietnam War shot. And then Kong just happens to be there, dude. Yeah, dude. That like I'm into that. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's get more of that going. It's apparently connected to the Godzilla universe. Yep. Because uh, they're gonna set up Kong versus that, KVG. Yeah, and that's the reason why that's Kong Universal has. And that, that's the reason why they've increased Kong's size is it, to yeah. 100 feet tall. Uh, when he's the original movie, he's 50 feet tall. In Peter Jackson's version, he actually shrunk yeah. him down to only twenty five feet tall to make him like more realistic. Right. Uh, and now we're going like a hundred feet tall. We only see the bottom of his legs, his his yeah. hand coming in. Or you see him breathing. His face at the yeah. end, like it looks unreal, man. And <clears throat> he needs to be f- f- big enough to battle against Godzilla in a 
believable. In an actual kind Be- of... Believable fight. I, yeah. st- I still wanted him to be regular size and have Godzilla just throw him like a little bullet at other monsters. I can't wait to see this. It's like a Kong bullet. Is it coming out in 2017 or 16? Go, uh, Skull Island? Skull Island games. comes out in March. So it's really soon. Mm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. is apparently when we're getting the uh, KVG. The crossover. Kevin. K- Kevin. Or, uh, KVG. KVG. <laughs> uh, or I'm thinking of Steve Van or whatever. K. Oh, KKVG? This thing seems like risky move. Uh, not as risky maybe as the Universal Monsters universe that we're getting, which is like. The dumbest sounding thing ever. What's that one? Well, that's with... Oh, God. With all the classic movie monsters. Like, yeah. uh, the mummy's being shot right now. We're going to um, get, like, Dracula and Frankenstein. We, we, all, we already and, got and the Dracula. the Wolfman. Dracula Untold was the launch of this. Mm-hmm. What was Dracula Untold? It was... Uh, <laughs> what was that? Starring Luke Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played Vlad... You know, the Impaler? Yeah. Ha- Javier Bardem is the new Frankenstein monster. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> that's pretty... That should be a comedy, man. Like, that should be... Like... <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, oh, let's, let's move the show along here. Um, <coughs> you like that, eh? I don't know. I'm just imagining... Like almost like an Encino Man kind of movie with Javier Bardem as Frankenstein. He like has to go to high school in like Southern California. <laughs> no country for old monsters. <laughs> well, segue, and that seems like a young adult, uh, you know, sort of. Yeah, it's a trilogy. It's a... Speaking of that, Divergent. Oh God. Do you guys know about the Divergent <laughs> no. series? Well, I know yes. of it, I think. Okay. I don't really know what it's about. So, like, <clears throat> downward trajectory in terms of box office returns. Massive downward. To the point of where this year, I think they came out with the f- finale part one, uh, and it just made, bombed. It just bombed horribly. So what they what this is the common thing to do. You have a trilogy of young adult novels, dystopian future, right. sexy people being divided against each other, segregated by their personalities uh, into different groups or some right. shit. <clears throat> Dumb. Retarded. Brutal. So this one got turned into four movies like they always do. Can you guys answer me that? Why are they doing... They take a trilogy <clears throat> and they turn the final book... It's because Harry Potter got away with that for its eighth one, and people were like, hey... We can, we can do them. this. And because money. It's... So you split the final book into two movies. See, the thing there Just was... Just get double. You pay why, the actors... Why not? You pay the actors for one movie. Yeah. Nice. Well, see, the, the thing you with the Harry Potter movies, was, at least, at least the two <clears throat> Harry Potter movies were decent. Like, that actually worked out because there was a lot to put in them. So these so, aren't... So wait, how many Harry Potter movies came out in total? Eight. Including part one and two, is that nine then? Like no, films? no, no. There, there's seven books and oh. there's eight films. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so w- let, let's get to the let, let's get to the headline here. There are three divergent books. Okay, they 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 morphed a fourth mo- film into existence. They just like m- created a fourth one. So they made the first three movies right and just bombed. So the fourth divergent movie that was scheduled to come out in theaters, yeah. <clears throat> Is now going to be a TV movie <laughs> and a spin-off TV show. 
Oh uh, my god! So I've never heard of this happening. I've I've never heard crazy. of a, of a finale of a trilogy just sort of bombing sequentially bombing its way to television. Wow! That's so apparently the films got worse as they went. I was bored one day and watched the first one on like Netflix or something. It's really bad, so mm. I can't imagine. Yeah, these divergent how movies much worse they got. No one really, really dug. Like no one was these weren't special movies to anybody really right premise like everyone lives in this post-apocalyptic city and you're divided up based on your personality type and you're divergent if you don't fit into any of them and they like kill divergent (laughs) i feel like if you're a kid you're i mean you're like a 12 year old right now and you ask for christmas to be like mom can i get the hunger games trilogy on on blu-ray like yeah then you open up on christmas morning it's like the divergent trilogy (laughs) like mom this is not what I want. You don't fucking That's, get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you got the wrong one. You got the wrong trilogy. This is the byway version. Yeah. Ugh. So that's a sad story. Um, I laughed when I heard that, though. Like, and, uh, I, I, feel, I feel bad for everyone involved, but at the same time, yeah. I was just like, yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> uh, so the, the last VCR is going to be made. I heard that. In Japan yeah. next month. Just because? Well, they're like they're still make like they still produce them in factories. Yeah. What? <laughs> like every now and then they'll still have a factory making some VCRs, tape, I guess. Is this like tapes and shows, you know? Is this like a new corrupt scandal going on? Well, no, like, like, pe- they, people like, still buy VCRs. Somewhere so. in the world there's an assembly line that spits out a VCR every like, now and then. It has to <laughs> has to be, right? Yeah. Every couple of weeks we just we It's like a mag- okay, it could be like a safety video on a you know, like the take the sea bus, and it's like, oh, we only can the boat is only have VHS players. We can't put in anything <laughs> I else. I think what they probably we are need to make new safety videos, or maybe like <laughs> combos, like DVD, Blu-ray, uh, maybe VCR it's like the government. It's like a it's like a security thing. It's like we only use uh, VHS to uh, yeah, to like, record our ideas and share data. <laughs> how you find out that all the missile silos in the U.S. are like come on, like are operated on like those five-inch diskettes, those floppies, <laughs> yeah. those giant floppies, yeah. Uh yeah, it's that kind of shit. I guess. Yeah, I bet you that is. Uh, so you guys, do you guys have any parting words for the VCR? Do you guys have any? Oh, it was I, good. Well, I'll be. Time. I'll be honest with you guys. I have very warm Dude, memories be, with VHS tapes. It'll be a nostalgic just, uh, phase. People will go on about VHS days. No, but just, this, just the adventures. I remember holding, you know, maybe like the Paramount logo seeing it on the indiana jones and yeah. the last crusade like just looking at the some of them had that hologram for universe oh Studios. man you just you look at the vhs tape and you just oh man you can see where you're at in the movie um halfway through it you can just see yeah putting it in the box on yep. your shelf you done good vcr you got a bad rap for being hard to program it wasn't true it always wasn't flashing hard. always pretty, flashing. pretty easy to program always flashing midnight yeah you know what it was? People ran their cable through the VCR and shit. You did weird. People did weird. That shit. was the only way that you could record, though. Yeah, you, you had to. to. No, something. I I know, but then people would. Uh, yeah, it, it just that that made things complicated because now your v, your VCR needs to be programmed. You uh, know? Did you guys ever have a TV in your room before you like left home? Yeah, and did you have like a your own VCR? I remember getting my own VCR. Like, it was pretty yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna watch movies yeah. and shit in my room. Yeah, I remember watching it's a movie. Like good. my parents would go to bed, and then be like, I'm gonna watch start a movie right now. It's like midnight. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna start Air Force One and put it on. <laughs> I think I just had games. Oh yeah, I don't think I ever had games in my in my room. I never had like a. 
Like Nintendo I had my right Super there. Nintendo or my Nintendo 64 hooked up. I, I think, think that wasn't until university, and even then, that felt kind of like I'm just gonna. I can play video games, whatever the fuck. Like just <laughs> yeah. right here, I'm just yeah. gonna fucking do it. <clears throat> um, Class, what's that? So the, the VCR, we will miss you. Uh, Not really. <laughs> Not like I won't miss it now. No, it was fun at the time. Yeah, it's an I interesting. Just, it's just weird. It's super weird, but it's it's good stuff. Um, it's it's inferior though, big time. Yeah, like yeah. big. Time. Oh, when DVDs came out, I I couldn't believe that things could look better. But that was that was not even like that. So if if DVDs were standard definition, what yeah. were, what were VHS like? What was that? Just bad. <laughs> no, but was it even six forty by four eighty? Like, or it probably. I don't think they had that. It didn't work. Video doesn't work. Or that, I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> well, yeah, they didn't have pixels cause it's, back Because it's then. all analog, right? So yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I don't, it just looked like shit. I don't like know shit. how you have resolution it, yeah. in that. Like you get a copy, a VHS bad. copy of Aliens. Well, that's like, remember the that's THX terrible. certified mastered VHS? It's like, oh, these ones are THX certified. They're digitally. They're, yeah. they're really crisp. Um, so have you guys heard of a movie called The Woods? I lo- I yeah, I heard about this and I watched the trailer and yeah. So there's a horror movie called The Woods. Oh, this is the whole It's Blair... actually yeah, it's now Bl- called Blair Witch. It's a Blair Witch movie. Blair Witch 3. It came called, out of nowhere. It's just called Blair Witch. So this trailer came out in like February and it's people have seen it already, I think. People have seen the movie. Apparently it's really good. <clears throat> yeah, apparently it's super scary. It's just like a horror movie in the forest, found footage looking thing, super terrifying like I don't think I believe that because the trailer makes it not look. No, it looks. Very it, scary. It, it, it looks like your general like. Yeah, run oh, of the what? mill. It's like the, usually you'll see these trailers and then it'll have some dumbass on a blog somewhere be like in quotes, be like Twitch film, be like, one of the scariest films ever made. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, it's you, you, this you, one. This one, guys. You this turn is to the your friend. Like, Did you see the trailer for the woods? It's literally one of the scariest films ever made. Did you know that? It's it's, it's it hard, says right there. It's, it's hard a, to judge horror movies on trailers though because you have to be in the theater mm-hmm. in the dark and. So so like this, that really adds to it. As we said, this thing has now been revealed to be a Blair Witch movie, which I find strange. So what did all the people who saw the movie back in the spring not like, know it was a Blair Witch thing? Did they sign an NDA or something? No, don't tell yeah, anyone it, it's, a, maybe it's a Blair Witch movie. It does, maybe they literally just rebranded it. They're like, we can actually so that's where make I'm go- more money on so this. So that's where I'm going with this. Did they watch a movie called Ten Cloverfield Lane earlier in yeah, the year, yeah. and then say to themselves, "They did." Hey, hey, why don't this is a fucking brilliant idea? Why don't we just like slap a different? How much would it cost to buy? How much are the rights to Blair Witch? Uh, call your lawyer. They're uh, about twenty five dollars for the rights to, <laughs> to Blair Witch. You guys want them? They're like, yeah, well, let's do this. And then they just re-edit the movie, or they could even re-film another five minutes. Like, hey, at the end, yeah. we're just gonna have do, them face the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Make him face the corner at the end, then we're good. Just like Cloverfield, where there was the mailbox. Yeah, but, th- but that was unreal. Uh, <laughs> Ten Cloverfield Lane. I still was thinking about it. The idea. I think we. I don't know if this we discussed this on the podcast, but the idea of of making a bunch of Cloverfield movies where you don't put that in the titles. So you're watching like a romantic comedy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like an hour and a half into it, oh shit, it's aliens. It's, it's part of the Cloverfield it's like, universe. What? Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's multiple stories that all revolve around this, but some of them are crazy action adventures, and some of them are like yeah, yeah. He's like he's mill. like gonna ask her to marry him, and then like, and then all of a sudden they're all killed by aliens. Yeah, she, like the ID drops out <laughs> of her wallet, and it's like Cloverfield Project. And yeah. she's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, 
Yeah. I yeah. I think I don't know. It seems I hope like we get more of those. This man. this yeah. seems Cloverfield. this yeah. seems like a, a a leap that I'm taking right now to say that they they saw the. No, form. I'm I'm cynical enough to believe you. You, you think that the Blair Witch rebranding is because of yeah. Cloverfield? I think yeah. it's possible. I well, maybe not because of Cloverfield, but I think it is a way to make money. Yeah, I'd like to see it to see. Like what? Yeah. What was changed? Did they just put, you know? Oh, it's about some powerful demon force that stalks been. them. You can just oh, it's easy enough to just fudge it and say that you redub some lines. Oh, did you hear about the original? Okay, so the other, Witch? the other, the less cynical version of this could be that it's they wanted that it to be like a twist so that people see the movie and be like, oh my god, I had no idea that this was connected. Like, going into it, imagine you don't know that it's the Blair Witch Project or part whatever. And then there's then at the end, the guy's standing in the corner. And you're like, <laughs> oh! And then, so that would be more of a twist. And then at the very end, the title drops. Yeah. Blair so in this... And you, I just watched a Blair Witch movie. What? Yeah. But I think that maybe... Work? Then they would like, that do anything? But that's why they maybe said, okay, that... Yeah, as an idea, that's kind of clever, but that's not going to work. So we, we got to tell gotta, everyone. We got to tell everyone. So that's what we're telling them now. And then maybe the guy who created it is like, damn, like you're ruining the whole. It's like in T2 in the trailer when they revealed that Arnold was the good guy instead of the bad guy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, okay, when do you think the decision was made then from these Blair Witch? Like, when was it converted? Was it just, did they just wait? Okay, now, why Why now? Why wouldn't you reveal back in February that a new Blair Witch movie's coming out? Because you don't. They might have just been waiting for Comic Con. Yeah, why not? Why. So you, you, you release want this, more buzz. You release this sort of generic trailer that only, you know, oh, yeah, it's another horror movie that just sort of, oh, it's with the... the, the, the I don't know, maybe... Ho- Hollywood has a steady hum of horror found footage bullshit that's just constantly getting pooped out, uh, you know, from a from a butt. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> this is like, literally every month we have a constant stream of this shit. So why would you just put that another just drop another dookie into that pond and then wait, like, wait, this one's actually special. So you well, can remember this? To, so that like, you get people to talk about yeah, it. I was like, going to say, remember, literally right conversation. Why would you even do this? Because then just going to get all these people talking about your movie and maybe go see it and you'll make way more money. Like, that's why, you, that's why you do it. Okay, but so no one in the reviews... That's what I'm saying. Did they sign some sort of agreement, or did they I change it? Like it, the, the we review, won't know until it the, comes but out. But Tim, the reviews from February for this movie should still speak for themselves, regardless of what they just revealed right. about it. So I mean, but if they changed the ending since then, those people that's who the reviewed question. it don't that, know if the okay, movie that, is the same or not. That's what we got to find out. Well, we won't know until what? Fuck you! Till next summer. Oh my god. Okay, so this last story for uh, the evening is uh, Star Trek Discovery. I don't know. Oh, that's the TV show? There's a television yeah. program coming from Brian Fuller, who used to work on Voyager. He works on Hannibal. He does some good work from what I was looking at. Okay. This guy seems to know what he's doing. What? Um, Isn't the ship it... also called Discovery in it? Exactly. The when, Discovery? What year or when does this take place in the universe? Um, it's, from what I understand, some sort of anthology thing. Um. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's going to be what you, what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. No, but I just want to know when does it take place in the universe before Kirk, after Picard, Cisco. I don't timeline. think they've said yet, have they? 
uh, post everything we've seen so far. So Star Trek Discovery promises new crews, new villains, new <laughs> heroes, new worlds. Um, new crews. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the same crew. <laughs> it's uh, progressive. We'll push boundaries. Um, okay. That means nothing. It doesn't give much about what the I actual Yeah, maybe they nature. don't even know. Uh, it takes place in the prime universe. What does that mean? The prime, I don't know. The primary universe. I guess the main one. So that'd be where Kirk and Picard, like old school are. Because the new movies take place in the Kelvin timeline, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not the prime universe. Good. It should it should mimic the TV series, I feel. Like it should be within that. So like Picard could be a guest on it or yeah, something, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd See, like I'd like it if it was after. Well, you I think want... they need to make it post everything. I think they could have some really cool stuff where there was war that broke out in certain sectors that no. Yeah. I feel like the Federation was always a great like you need the the sort of boring diplomacy of next gen to be like relevant. And so was Voyager a prequel no. to Next Gen? It was no, no it was, it was the same same timeline, I think. Yeah. They just got shot off into a new quadrant. They're just like, like we're not gonna see nine, anyone. Yeah. Next generation of Voyager were all like overlapping timelines. Yeah, because Worf was in Deep Space Nine. Riker was a guest on Voyager once as like a he was transported there by Q. And then Big Q was like, I'm going to erase your memories. You can't tell anyone where the ship is. Just so like, oh, well, don't worry. You're not, he's not coming back for any other Yeah, it's like, don't worry. That's, uh, this doesn't change anything. <laughs> yeah. It's just completely useless. Uh, it's just a gimmick. I mean, we'll have to see how this goes. If it's episodic, which it probably won't be, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm hoping for. At least they could do it. They <clears> could <throat> still make it like... Um, episodic-ish with it, where they could have one overarching thing, but they're like, that plays out as they visit. I just want them to like start each episode with like, we went to this interesting planet and found this interesting thing, and now that's created the dilemma for this episode. Is that what happens in Star Trek Beyond? Uh, kind uh, <laughs> of. Here's a planet. Here's an interesting thing. Yeah. Let's punch stuff. Because that's how they do it in the next generation. Wow. Picard has punched like... so many people. Well, also no, Kirk. It's not Kirk true. punches the shit out of weird aliens on paper mache rocks. Like twice. Yeah. Weird. We'll see how Star Trek Discovery goes. In the meantime, let's let's check out Star Trek Beyond. Let's do it. I'm not looking forward to this at all. Good luck. Yay. No. no. So you're not going to be joining us then, Tim? Tim has uh, to leave. He did, not, bail. Yeah. he did not catch the film, unfortunately. That's and I, but I look forward to hearing your thoughts. I am going to say... At a later junction. You chose, <laughs> you chose wisely yes, on I won this not round. seeing this movie. Good. Uh, there are worse movies you could see. <laughs> that's never a good uh, review. Yeah, that's not a good review. <laughs> so is this like, if we're looking at, just to humor me, like how much of a slide from the other ones is this? Like, is it at least a full point? Okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to be alone here on my, my big, opinion. My biggest criticism, because um, and I'll bring it up again in the actual review section, uh, is that there's this film has no heart. Mm. The other two mm. at least had an emotional mm. center of some sort. This one ha- doesn't have that at all. Yeah, yeah. scattered. Oh, really? Yeah. It's all over the map. Oh. Horribly, horribly so. Like, I, cool. I, just, I didn't care about what was happening. Like there was, 
Yeah, yeah. The, let's 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 get deep. Yeah, let's into do it. All right. Start, well, enjoy it. Tim, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Always. I'll try to see the movie. I mean, next Jason time. Bourne is next week. I don't know if you can. Oh, nice. I don't think I can make from. it, but. Uh, I do want to see that movie. I'm yes. really excited about I'll be, that. Uh, I'll be watching the first three leading up to that. We're doing a we're doing a marathon next good, week. Good so. on you. I like uh, it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming out. Also, I should before we go into our review, I should mention uh, we just put up our uh, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons Dungeons and Dragons episode. Uh, our first foray into uh, it's into that ridiculous. You guys, did you guys play Dungeons and Dragons. We we played a a, a short little game. Of opening salvo for people. No, there was four of us. Weird. It oh, okay. was pretty hilarious. Okay, well, crazy. Check All it right. out. If, I'll if, check if, it out. Yeah, it's it's funny. I put some some sound, sound effects, effects into the uh, the mix. So you can really feel like you're in the forest or feel like you're in the dungeon there. But we were. Yeah, we really we were. We really were there. Smeagol was really screwing shit up. Totally oh, nice. into it. Yeah. Okay. Into the shed. Tim. All right, guys. Thank you. We'll see you later. Here goes Thanks. our review. Star Trek kind of beyond sabotage yeah this is star trek sabotage Starfleet property, okay? Can I just take it? Ah, but I'm feeling generous today, so I'll have at it. Where you get that? It's my Starfleet insignia. What does it mean? It means that I'm an officer of Starfleet's uh, engineering division. Engineering? Aye, that's right. I, I fix things. I know what is engineering. You know with those bastards that killed my ship, are you? <clears throat> I'll take that as a no. Please crawl. He is the reason why you're here. Come with me. Now. Wait, no, hang on a minute, Lassie. I'm having a difficult day here. I've got to find my crewmates. You help me, and I help you. All right, well, things being as they are, I doubt I'll get a better offer today, so lead the way. Good. I am Jayla, and you are Montgomery Scott. Aye, Scotty. Come now, Montgomery Scotty. All right, hold up. So that was a clip from Star Trek Beyond. The USS Enterprise crew explores the furthest reaches of uncharted space where they encounter a new ruthless enemy who puts them and everything the Federation stands for to the test. Okay. Is that what happens? Yeah, I gotta guess. Okay. Uh, yeah. Star Trek Beyond is directed by Justin Lin and it stars Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban... Zoe Saldana, Simon Pegg, John Cho, Anton Yelchin, may he rest in peace, Idris Elba, Sophia Boutella, uh, and uh, I guess you got Deep Roy as the little dude Keenzer, that little short rock-headed yeah. guy, who's kind of a nice little sidekick to Scotty. Mon- I'm, glad, I'm glad they kept him all the way through. Montgomery Scotty. Montgomery Scotty. Um, so yeah. Here we are on the third time around. We got Star Trek Beyond here. 
this one, we don't have J.J. Abrams at the helm anymore because he, uh, I guess he's not even in Star, not even, he was in the Star Wars business and now he's he's done, right? He's, he's, yeah, out, he's well, out of the Star Wars business already. And now he's talking about doing Star Trek 4. Is he just producing? Well, he guess? might just be producing it. I don't know. Yeah. So hmm. did you uh, did you find a difference uh, in you know to stay on that note? Did you did you find a, a difference in tone or style to the handover from yep. the first two Trek Kelvin films? They uh, the first two Trek Kelvin universe films felt like a J.J. Abrams film. Like he's got a very distinct style. You mean lens flares? Oh yeah, but just like. The shots that he composes and the the pacing, all of that, it just seems familiar when you're watching something. Uh, he's got the build up to things. Anyway, it just did not seem at all like the same type of movie. Justin Lin definitely has his own style, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that this movie was particularly good overall. Uh, I said before the break that it didn't have its a heart, an emotional center. Uh so I didn't really care at all what was happening. It just seemed like a paint by numbers Star Trek episode. Yeah. And it's funny that Kirk says his life is beginning to feel episodic. Episodic. I thought that was a funny little nod. I I thought that was great too. Um, I, I hoped that this fell in line with more of the original episodic shows, not in terms of how the story felt episodic, which it, it does. Star Trek beyond feels like a quick, you know, quick and dirty, you know, pulpy episode of the show that we watch and move on to the next one. Uh, I just wish it had more of the philosophical themes and social exploration that the original episodic show had. Yeah. It, it, it's just straight action. That's been a big criticism for the, the movie. Is like, how do you get all of that into a film, make it a blockbuster and still be successful? Mm-hmm. Like, is that what audiences want? Yeah. Obviously, the producers and the studios don't <clears throat> want to bet on that. So yeah, the, the so hand- this was like spliced with yeah, action, and then it feels really kinetic, like the the rest of them do. Uh, and the handover, I don't think it's as clunky as you made it sound out to be. From J.J. Abrams to Justin Lin, um, you still get the same sort of flowing camera. The J.J. Abrams, you know, his camera would sort of zip and zoom throughout yeah, the hallways and stuff, and it felt really fluid, and we get that sort of same vibe where the camera's twirling up and down behind people. and uh, But, yeah, the lens flares are gone. People, you know, the J.J. Abrams lens flare uh, sort of drug addiction <laughs> reached its you know parabolic peak in 2009 with... Uh, Star Trek with the original Star Trek and then when he made Super 8 it's those two that really people said "All right, asshole you're you're done so if you see if you watch Star Trek 2009 and then Into Darkness you see a decline in (laughs) in, if you watch the opening sequence of Star Trek 2009 let's let's start our conversation there how about it Uh, because I just rewatched the first two uh, 09 and 013 uh, I just rewatched those in basically in the past in the 24 hours leading up to watching Beyond. I just binged these. It's the same thing I did with Go- uh, Ghostbusters. Same thing I did with Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. I just like Is that. Gonna, how are you going to do Bo- uh, Born as well? No, I'm going to spread those spread out. It out a little? Yeah, okay. but I'm just like putting a shotgun of these things, <laughs> you know, into the into the blue chamber loaded. Yeah, pull the just like launch it. But uh, the intro to the Star Trek 09 is just lens flare 
central. It's to the point where it's laughable because like, they're looking through this, you know, the, the, the view screen and the, the everything coming through is his lens flares. It's insane. Uh, but the prologue to the first one is awesome. So good. That's and better than a lot of movies. It really is. I think I remember talking to you about this way back when it first yeah. came out and how it punches you right in the guts in the first opening. It's more intense than most climaxes in any other action movies. Like, Yeah, and we haven't really reached anything like that in any of the movies since. Yeah, at true. least At least on a dramatic level. Maybe... Into Darkness, the end of that has... Uh, Into Darkness was all right. Uh, I think it's sort of like the first movie did a pretty good job of living up to that towards the end, too. But the idea that you have Kirk being born essentially in the same moment that his father's sacrificing himself for the good of his ship. Like, I, that, that's, I haven't seen that in movies, really, where you have someone's birthday being the same day that their father died. Like, is that... I can't think of other movies that have done that. Can you? I'm sure it exists somewhere. It has to. It's not, um, it's not a played out trope at this point. And we do return to that. I thought it was nice and beyond. You know, we, we have uh, Bones wishing Kirk a happy birthday. and They pour out a glass it, for his dad. And that's a, a, a bit of a callback to Wrath of Khan where Kirk is getting older and Bones is wishing him a happy birthday. And Kirk admits, like, don't do it. I don't like this. And now it's almost like here's an even further reason why Kirk doesn't like being wished happy birthday. You know, like we because in this universe, his dad died on this. Yeah, day. yeah, it's kind of an interesting, yeah, addition to it. Um, the Corvette scene to stay on the '09 trek. After we get that intro sequence with the Eric Banner's uh, Romulan ship destroying the Kelvin, which mm-hmm. leads to the Kelvin split. Yep. Uh, Chris Hemsworth dying, George Kirk. We cut after that to little young. James Tiberius Kirk driving a uh, Corvette, an old school Corvette through the Iowa plains, plains like all over the yeah. farmlands. Well, we see these ship, you know, Enterprise ships being built on the ground, which is not how that doesn't make any sense. That's not how Star Trek <laughs> works. All Enterprise, you know, all uh, they're all built in space. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. All Federation ships are built in orbit. This is ridiculous. Um, but it's basically it feels like a teaser we're watching at that point. That yeah, that Corvette sequence, like it 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 serves no purpose other than to show oh, James Kirk is kind of a badass kid. I guess we cut from that to young Spock getting a you know sort of pushed around and bullied by those other losing it and beating them up. Mm-hmm. And we then we find out that he's half human, half Vulcan. I I mean I, you maybe have a decent setup showing them as kids but it just feels like something out of a trailer why are we seeing kirk drive this corvette through it's just nothing else in the rest of the movies matches up with that it until maybe in this one when we have the dirt bike sequence which is uh, just oh my god i think it establishes their characters very well like early on like this is who they are this Mm -hmm. is like this it just feels like very the tone wise it doesn't match and it Mm. feels very teaser trailery uh, the red matter is ridiculous. Is in, it in the first movie? Yeah, like it's you don't like it? Really dumb. I like it. One drop of it, like creating a black hole. Literally, like a drop the size of like a a pea or, or you know kernel of corn. Uh, yeah, it just causes the entire planet of Vulcan just implode like that much. And they have like the the, the ball that they have of it is like Huge. massive. Yeah, 
I'm uh, okay with that. I mean, shit goes really wrong in the Hadron Collider. We could blow up the Earth. Yeah, okay. I, I, I realize watching both of these is that J.J. Abrams is really great at the first setting up the first 40 minutes of his movie. Like, he's really, really great at hooking you and getting yeah. you on board for the first. Force Awakens, I find, sort of loses steam as it goes and then maybe picks up again. But There is a lull in, in that for sure. The, the first 45 minutes of Force Awakens are, like, impeccable, in my opinion. Like, Tim was chirping it. He has some points. Maybe good, some bad, whatever. Uh, but the first 45 minutes to me of Force Awakens are just perfect. And this is kind of the same thing here with Trek 09. Like, the first 40 minutes are maybe even hour is awesome and then kirk gets ejected onto the snow planet and then gets chased by this weird clover field monster yeah that, that was weird and the movie I, I literally have no clue what's this this is not a star trek movie anymore and then he runs into old spock in a cave and old spock just gives him an info dump of just Here's what Eric Bana's Romulan, uh, what's his name? Nero. Nero. Here's what Captain Nero is doing. Here's the entire plot. Let me tell you everything. And unfortunately, this old Spock that we get here has now loomed over all of the other the Kelvin films. movies. Yeah. We can talk about that later. I, I just don't understand why we have to see old Spock in these new movies. Uh, uh, ties back to the originals. I don't know. And then Into Darkness... Definitely a fan of this. People didn't like it. I thought like a cool double prologue was cool where you have like the uh, chase scene where they're pulling that idol out of that tribe in the red <laughs> that was a good vine forest, right? There feels like very Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the volcano, they're saving this, basically breaking the prime directive. It's a great way to explore what the prime directive is. You, know, you don't interfere with species uh, unless you, know, you give them spacefaring well, and I the thing I liked about that, too, is in The Next Generation, uh, they broke the Prime Directive all, like, all the time. don't do it. Okay, break it. They do. The, yeah. But there was never any consequence. Whereas in this, there is a consequence, exactly. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's what I think the heart of the first one was just seeing Kirk's, you know, maturity, you know. Get, rising to the challenge. Yeah. And being like, oh, look, the, the heart of the second one, Into Darkness, is really the friendship between Spock and Kirk. Yeah. And how the intro is, uh, you know, Kirk wants Spock to realize, look, I've risked everything to save you. You know, you wouldn't have done the same for me. He lies on his report, but Spock tells the truth. Mm -hmm. So he sort of exposes Kirk. Betrays his friend. Betrays him by saying, you know, yeah. Uh, so that's the interesting part of that one is like exploring that trust. And hey, a Vulcan, can a Vulcan really have love and a friendship? Um, well, he's half Vulcan. So, you know. But clearly, the, the the problem with Into Darkness is John Harrison, I would say. That was such a stupid little why trick you controversy. Fuck? Like, why bother? Like, who cares? Why would he go as... No one's going to know who Khan is. Mm -hmm. The, the like, delivery... What, with the... So Benedict Cumberbatch plays John oh. Harrison, a.k.a. Khan. And, and it's just the most... One of the most bizarre... What is quote it, unquote, Noonien Singh Khan or something like that? It's one of the most bizarre Khan. reveals I've ever seen in a movie. He's in his prison and he says, my name is Khan. Which means absolutely nothing to anybody in the film. Ex exactly. Like the characters uh, almost say, okay. Yeah, okay. And at that point, Spock has to go and call Spock Prime and say, yo, you you, you all know someone named Khan? And Spock Prime goes, he was the most powerful adversary we ever faced. Like, they have to bring in old Spock again to do an info dump. 
Yeah. So uh, there's problems with Into Darkness, but I found like the the finale sequence where they're on those little hover jets fly, floating over San Francisco. There's like a and really Spock's cool just beating the hand to hand fight scene on these. It almost feels like you're playing Power Stone or something. It's it's a really cool video game looking action sequence, and which I liked, I I liked, really fun. I liked Kirk's sacrifice in that too. I mean, they cheapened it a little bit by bringing him back right away, but they, it's a reversal of the end of Wrath yeah, of Khan. Exactly. Right? We go go into the reactor, sacrifice your friend. You know, you are you have and always will be my friend in that. And that's why a lot of people thought it, they didn't like it because they it was just like a rehash of the original Wrath of Khan, but. Switch slightly? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I, I, say it, what you will. It was still constructed well, and I was entertained dude, by it, it. So the first time I saw that, it definitely worked on me. It got yeah. a, it got slightly dusty for me at that scene where where Kirk is the glass. Kirk is in behind the glass. He's got the radiation. He's dying, uh, and then he's he says, "How do you to Spock? How do you choose not to feel?" Right, yeah. and, and Spock says something like, "Right now, I'm having a hard time not." Yeah, you know, like doing that or something. You're like, oh my god, Spock's feeling it. It's it's a decent moment, but it's ruined by a bunch of weird secrecy and shit that you you bungled the con plotline in a strange homage slash. Like, yeah, it's it, it, it makes no sense. I don't know why JJ was so insistent mm-hmm. on denying I, the I think whole time. There was a huge lesson there. I think for. Abrams, like, yeah. I think he learned a huge lesson from Into Darkness on his secret box uh, tactic, where he 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 purposely sort of hides, obscures the truth about his movies and keeps them in the dark, kind of on purpose. We'll see. Uh, time will tell what uh, if he's lying or not on the whole Ray's parentage not being very important thing. Yeah. See, he, see he seems to sort of string you along in you know. In a way, like Lost, I guess, yeah. in the program Lost. Uh, so anyway, that that brings us to Star Trek Beyond. Which doesn't have an emotional center. I think what was supposed to happen is the big conflict here for our heroes between like Kirk and Spock are both thinking of leaving Starfleet. Like That is the big struggle that they're having. Other than fighting the bad guy, they have to decide if they want to leave. Like, well, we Kirk's see- been offered a promotion has like he not fleet admiral he, mm-hmm. he requested it because he's tired of being out he's like his life his, i forgot his life's feeling episodic i'm yeah. sorry i forgot yeah exactly uh <laughs> fuck and spock uh once again bringing it back to old spock old spock is now dead because leonard nimoy passed away so but they still insist on including it like it doesn't does that not sorry to does that no. not just serve to to like be more confusing and just raise unnecessary questions. So what? There's another Spock out there in the universe, being a weird diplomat out in another corner. Well, like, it, like it could have been way more interesting than it was because it's like, oh hey, another version of me has died. That's really weird. How am I dealing with that? Because that's kind of a mind fuck. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, but so, then I also now I'm like so. Is he? Do people? Does everyone know this? Like, is this not? Is this just a normal thing? Do people have du- duplicates? Like, is this just a regular part of living in the Star Trek universe? Or does does anyone care? Like, maybe Spock is like the Vulcan Michael or something. It's everyone's named Spock. Okay, are they living in opposite <laughs> sides of the universe? Like, no one, you know, galaxy, no one knows. It's it's weird. Like, sorry, uh, no, sorry. No, 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 no. So, like, it just it doesn't. I don't know why they try to so hard. To include Leonard Nimoy in this, even though he's no longer with us. Um, 
so it's driving Spock to try and, you know, do what Ambassador Spock was doing. Like, okay. I guess I sort of... Un- they, they didn't focus on his conflict enough to sell it. And the same with Kirk. He just showed up and had a meeting with um, the Admiral or whatever. Just said, I mean, I guess that's a decent way for Spock to maybe be inspired to do something greater. Oh, that's I got to follow, follow in my footsteps. own footsteps. Like, that would have been interesting to, to play with, but they didn't. It was really just a, hey, here's a plot point. This is why he's conflicted and he's thinking of leaving. But then we don't get any of that for the rest of the film. Like, it doesn't come into play at all. It just gets resolved handily at the end because, hey, we defeated a bad guy and saved people. Yay. I'm not going to do what I was thinking of doing. Was it, was like... It just served to show that they needed a kick in the ass because they've just been out doing episodes for the last three years, and they're tired of doing the episodes. Yeah, we we come into this three years into the five-year mission, yeah. right? Which I makes sense. Like, Into Darkness came out three years ago. I like how That's they're keeping fine. the timeline moving mm-hmm. that way. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, all the other... Like, Simon Pegg is one of my favorite, you know, like, movie writers creators makers whatever like i like most of the stuff that he does i I know even if i'm not blown away by it i'll at least be entertained he wrote this thing i know and i am i'm not impressed exactly I'm, i'm baffled as to what he brought to this or what he did in in that is in any way unique or memorable i can't even there's some really cool visuals um the starbase Yorktown, Yorktown is, I thought is was really neat. super cool because it's got the gravity bending, uh, the different arms and stuff, and the starships flying underneath the river, like through tunnels. I, through I, the I love that they it filmed so it in, cool. in Dubai, and that's what they did. They turned a lot of those those sort of channels and you know, false like creeks yeah. that like, which are based on False Creek, by the way. Dubai modeled a lot of its uh, waterways and. Uh, those really? channels, yeah, they they based it on Falls Creek in Vancouver. Interesting, yeah. But those they basically turned those into these weird water-based like force fields that you can fly your ship in and out of. I guess. Yeah. Am I am I seeing that correctly? Yeah, it's like the tunnel for your ship to get to the repair dock. Or it's the, underneath a bunch of ponds, and and so you, people can see. Like, you could just be, I don't know, fishing, if there's fish there, and see a, a starship just go underneath. Amazing. It's so cool. And it, it reminds me a bit of, I think they looked at Dubai and saw how Dubai is built, and they sort of extrapolated that into a star base, right? Because Dubai has, you know, um, those big palm tree-looking things that go out into sea in Dubai? Like the floating concrete and the man-made... Uh, those those man-made piers. Like, yeah. they basically have sprayed concrete and and sand into these designs. They look like, from from the yeah. air, they look like these big palm trees sticking out into the ocean with these long sort of uh, fronds with roads and mansions down them. And that's kind of what the Yorktown looks like. These, yeah, how much money? <laughs> yeah, these, these long spires with, you know, resorts lining them. On I, re- each. Yeah, I really liked Yorktown's design. I thought that was one of the highlights of the film for me, honestly. It, it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't like this movie. Yeah, I, think, I gathered. <laughs> I think we're both right there, right? Well, I didn't hate it. Here's what it's forgettable after like two hours after I saw the film, I'd already forgotten about it. It's amazing. And, like, and, and and you're not really left with any excitement for the next chapter. Like it's a totally watchable movie. It's just what well, you don't need to. And it's not 
Like you, you don't remember it. Yeah. So I, I, I want to have an aside here. My projection was extremely dark. I could barely, like, with the 3D glasses on, I, I could barely make out any of the action sequence during the, uh, the the initial attack and sort of crash sequence on oh, the really? planet. Yeah, that's it was, unfortunate. It was it was super dark. I I was not invested whatsoever because it was so. I don't know why 3D movies do this. It, the, the the actual glasses have a darkish the tint, tint to yeah. them. So to me, I don't know why the projectionists don't amp up the brightness of 3D projections. They, they they leave it the way it is. Like I don't think any projectionist these days reads like every print or at this point DCP digital cinema package that the studios give to theaters comes with like a little disclaimer and it tells you how to do it have your knobs and dials set here for optimal projection no one reads that shit anymore i don't think like yeah, the, there's there's no pride left in projection it, it it it's it's good enough let's just put it on i i think they might even save power by keeping the the brightness low i i swear to god it's a cheap cost cutting measure i bet you could be that's unfortunate like it makes me think of tron legacy which wasn't a great film, but it was way better when I wasn't watching it in 3D because the colors weren't as yeah. muted. Yeah. It's like, what, what happened? So in the theater, it was bad. It was okay, but it just didn't hit Pre- me. It was a bad presentation. Yeah, I guess. exactly. That, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So I could, I could see that. With- so in, in, unfortunately, I mean, I might have enjoyed Beyond. It might have added another point to this if I had if had... see what was happening If I had screen. had a, a decent projection. But unfortunately... This you was didn't. a bit of a disaster for me. Like I, at some points, I pulled my glasses down just to get a better sense oh, shit. of shit. Wow. Yeah, took the glasses off briefly just to. Oh, that looks way better. Look how bright everything is. That, I can see. That definitely has something to do with it. Um, speaking of that attack, uh, I thought that that also took a big, uh, like sh- filed off the edges, sanded them down, took away the bite of the film because the. Their ship is destroyed right at the start. Basically. And doesn't it? Doesn't the within the first fifteen minutes? Doesn't it get destroyed in into darkness as well? Basically, doesn't it crash into like San Francisco Bay or something? Uh, or no, that's, they stop it. Yeah, the super warship crashes. Yeah, Peter Peter Weller's giant one Robo ship. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so the fact that the ship is gone, they beat up the ship in every movie, though. Yeah, everyone loves to see that ship destroyed, but. Why? Fuck that. They're not killing the crew. They're taking them. And so this is a problem I have with many franchises as they go on. There are no stakes. No... I'm, can I just jump into spoilers with this? Um, Maybe not. Well, um, not just yet. I, I, I mean, the spoilers here are probably to do with crawl i guess right well yeah i guess but like we can get into that in a bit i was talking about this like with the stakes you just know that none of the main characters are or you, oh no you, none of like, them are red are they, gonna, are they gonna die what, what but then i why do i care what's happening here okay like okay that takes so much wind out of the sails totally with you and i knew i was in trouble from the opening scene of this movie to be honest with you mike like Ooh. When we got that little munchkin scene with those little creatures, it's a nice little gag, right? You, he's in, uh, Kirk is in this giant atrium kind of, you know, throne room thing, and he's looking up at these ugly ass rock monster guys, uh, and they're mean, they're mean and ugly. I don't really know what they're talking about. I was distracted by the weird creatures, uh, with 
the terrible CG. He's presenting some the Abernath, this weird pendant stone thing, which is one of the worst MacGuffins I've seen in a movie in years. Uh, he's talking to these weird little munchkin dudes, and then, oh, he, they're revealed to be about two feet tall. Isn't this, As they attack him. Isn't this hilarious? Little... And I thought that that was okay. But then we didn't even get an intro sequence in this one. And there was no, like... Like that cool theme that leads into like that music is so good. Yeah, like and and the theme, like the actual Star Trek logo turns in those big fat three D block letters. That did I did I miss that? We didn't even get that in this one. At no point did it say Star Trek Beyond in the opening. Am I am I wrong or did I just miss it? Honestly, I can't remember. I I think you're right. I think it showed up at the end. Yeah, we never got that cool. I think each one has to have that cool. You need pro, that. you need a cold opening. I yeah. think you know. Uh, this one didn't have it, which I thought was disappointing. And then I didn't even understand what this Abernath thing was. Well, he said it was a piece of an ancient super weapon. So as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, that's going to come into play because it's a piece of an ancient super weapon. <laughs> so here's the problem with the movie, and I think we can get into spoilers, right? Sure. So, spoilers for Star Trek Beyond starting right now. This thing, we spend about 30, no, 80% of the movie, 20% of the movie with with the knowledge of what Crawl's plan is. So 80% of the movie, we have no idea what Crawl, uh, who he is, what he wants, why the Abernath is important, what even exactly it even really does. Um, so if we don't know any of that, then why do we care and why why should we be afraid of Crawl? Well and and, and, and what are, what are the consequences of of not defeating him? You know, or not you know of like And that's where the movie falters quite a lot. It doesn't that that's those are the Abernath is not what's important for most of it. It's getting their crew and getting off the planet because they don't really care about the Abernath. They just know that Crawl wants it, and only later do they realize, oh shit, there's something much bigger going on. But the problem is, his crew, the crew is fine. They're just like confined. Nothing's happening to them for so the movie. Where are they for the for the majority of the movie? They're on this weird planet. Planet Ultimate or whatever. No, but where where is the crew? Like, where physically are they? They're in like a weird prison. Who? They're in Carl's prison. In Carl's prison. Like, it's just weird mushroom house. We do, we don't really see them in there much, do we? Uh, well, I mean, it cuts to Sulu and Uhura and little engineering guy like sneezing on the door with his cold, and it like melts them out. So okay. you, you see the crew all there. Crawl shows up when he's at looking for the Abernath that one time, and they're all grouped together. Like it's, I don't know. Like uh, it just switches focus in a way that isn't earned, and I don't care because Kirk, after the crash, and he and when he meets up with uh, Scotty and Layla, is that her name? Jayla. Jayla. Who's uh, uh, by the way is the hottest uh, alien ever? Yeah. Yes, she is. But it's all about them getting the crew back. And then they're just there's conveniently a Federation ship that Jayla has been refitting as her house on this planet. Like that's how they're gonna get a, get away. 
is this old and ship. I, it, but it would be Crawl's ship, right? Well, as it's revealed later, yes, Crawl is in fact... We are in spoilers, so... Uh, Balthazar, was that his name? Balthazar Edison, yeah. I believe, right? So The captain of the Franklin, the USS Franklin. That's right. So, um, we know, we again, we spend 80% of the movie knowing nothing about him as a character. Um, again, why should, why should we be afraid of him? We don't know. Um, and, and how exactly did he, like, discover this absorption ability that he, that he's using? Here, here's another problem I have with the film's writing. He's absorbing people's powers. That's why he looks like a strange alien. Like, with yeah. his, he's a human who's mutated into this weird mixture of, like, a thousand different aliens, right? Yeah, that... I think he basically looks more like whoever it was he last absorbed the life force from. Okay. Is, is how I sort of read, read what was going on okay. there. Uh, but it's a throwaway line when they're looking at the logs in the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie. The last captain's log from Balthazar is just like, the residents of this planet are gone. They left behind drone workers, who I assume is his army. Because he need, like, he, uh, my girlfriend was like, well, where, where did his army come from? Because he's got a fleet of pilots. And, and they all, they seemed, his, his pilot sentient you know, sort of being soldiers, dudes, they seem to have the same head shape as he does. Well, they just have big helmets, and I think they're the drones. I, I, I don't think they're alive at all. They're just robots. We never see their face. No, n- none of them ever take their helmets off. So I think they're the drone, worker drones he was talking about, and obviously they're the ones that fly all the ships, and that's where this huge communications thing that happens later comes. Anyway, so... I, was, I, I imagine them to be looking the same... As you, you crawl, but I guess you not. Think that, but no, I th- I'm pretty sure they're just drones because it doesn't make any sense for him to have an army since he crashed the USS Franklin and he's a Federation captain. But do, do we not see some of his cronies? We we don't we see some of his assistants and they look they look like he does, don't they? We see two, and they look like. And in the captain's log, he says there's only three of us left. So they were all so on they the were juice. all Federation. They were all on the juice. Yeah, and in this log, he just says. There's some technology that they've seemed to have found a way to prolong life. What the fuck? There's one line in there that says, I guess we found some technology that seems to prolong life. Like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's how they rationalize this whole thing. Because he crashed there like a hundred years ago. And uh, it's so sloppy. So can so can anyone acquire this skill? Yeah. I guess so. It's not a skill. It's just, it's a, just... a technology that they use. Okay. And do we see how the technology works? Not really. He just nope. sort of puts... He ties them up in these weird cables and just sucks their energy out. And, well, he does it outside of that area too, right? Like, uh, So he just sort of sucks their... I honestly think... What the fuck? I honestly it's think... terrible. It's the suits they're wearing because the suits have these weird like mechanisms on them. And they're all wearing that type of suit. So I think that's what it is. But I don't know. The movie doesn't explain anything. Yeah, they turn into like, like in the ring, you know, after they watch the videotape. Remember? The movie The Ring? Oh, yeah. After they were seven days after they watched the videotape, it's like that's what crawl will do to you. You look yeah. all, your face is all gone. Suck all the life you out of like you. You're made out of wood or something. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely terrible. So I think I know where they were trying to go with this. Um, Crawl being from days past during the founding of the Federation. Yeah, and the more military... The military aspect, that's what he did. He was a soldier. He killed people. And he's, he's upset that, the, you know, the, the Federation turned from a military organization into a more exploratory one. Yeah, that was there, but I think it was because of this freak accident where they were 
I don't know, wormholed to this planet. Uh, and they were stuck inside a nebula and no communications could get out or whatever that he basically said the Federation had turned on him. So he wanted to get revenge. So it's, it's kind of like saying the faults of humanity will still exist and they could come back to destroy all of these things that we have built is sort of how I read it. But it was just, I just didn't think that was very good. Like, Mm -mm, no, because we only found out who the hell he is in the last 20 minutes of the movie. It's terrible. And, like, then it doesn't... I thought the movie should have ended with the action sequence where they were chasing down Carl's ship and they just crash him into the Franklin. Mm-hmm. Cool. You could have a confrontation with him while he's dying in inside the Franklin You or knew something. it was going to keep going, though, right? The whole, you fi- knew. the whole fist fight in the weird gravity above the city. You didn't like the little gravity... Uh, what, no. What do they call them? Gravity... Wash? I don't know. No, they're not gravity wells. Gravity well? They, I don't know. they had like a cheesy name for them. The I, gravity stream. <laughs> I thought that was so stupid. Why does Kirk have to go and just punch Balthazar Franklin to stop so, him from doing this? So, so to go to go back to to Balthazar's ability to to drain your life force, um, like sh- surely this ability is as dangerous as whatever the Abernath does to you. Wouldn't it be? Yeah, like, but I mean, it's, it's why does him. he need? Okay, so he, he but, like but he what? can't do it on a widespread. Like he could walk up to people and do it, right? So but. so let's let's get like what is the Abernath? Um, it's established in that dumb opening sequence with the Munchkins. He's offering it to them or something. No, we don't know what it is. Then it's because it's just a piece of an ancient super weapon. Uh, so they have no idea. What why it does Kirk have it? Because it was given to him by the Zindi, which I think is a what? reference to. Uh, Star Trek, the the one with uh, Quantum Leap guy, Scott Bakula. Okay, right? Enterprise? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay. So he gets the super weapon piece. They don't know what it is, but Spock analyzes it. He's like, well, what is this thing? And then the bad guy shows up and takes it, but we still have no idea what it is. Ends up being a weird bioweapon thing. But, but he's, so, he's not... The little munchkin dudes haven't given Kirk the Abernath. He's he's trying present- to give it to them. Yeah, he's presenting it as a gift to them. Okay, okay. As a as a show of oh, okay. a show of peace. It's a peace offering to the little guys. And, and so the Abernath dissolves you into dust? Yeah, it looks like it's some weird like antimatter swarm thing that just disintegrates you. Is what I like they don't explain it at all. They just say it's a bioweapon. Okay. Uh, like so, once they see it, they say, "Oh, it's a bioweapon." So this movie, okay. th- this this movie prided itself on being like, "Hey, we don't even have Earth. Earth's not even in this movie. So you can't get mad at this movie for being another. Oh, Earth's gonna get blown up. You know, like they they sort of pr- leaned on that the fact that this is in deep space and." You know, it's not just going to be another one of these end of the world scenarios you've seen a million times. Yeah. Or or, or is it though? It sort of is because they say the they Yorktown could, getting blown up. Like, well, they're not blowing up Yorktown because the weapon won't destroy. It'll just it'll, suck out the oxygen or something. Well, no, it'll what? destroy the uh, organic stuff. Okay. It, so there, there. Again, the threat and the plan of killing everyone in Yorktown. Uh, that's not much different than the other films and their threat to kill everyone on Earth. 
No, because the, yeah, like it's the same. It's literally the same exact thing. Yeah, because they do say he'll use the advanced technology to just go against the entire Federation. So, okay, this is the this same bullshit we get every time, where the Earth is just oh threatened. Like we, they're we just even, fighting it on the uh, outskirts. Exactly. Of- like even even if like this movie's tr- pretending to be this episode. Oh, it's just a little episode, you know, a little slice out of their adventures. You know, just one little. Day, you know, a week in the life of the Star Trek crew. No, we can't resist it. We gotta have the Earth being threatened again. Well, if they wanted to make it more interesting and more episodic, it would have had a lot more discussion with, say, Kirk and Balthazar as Crawl, Like, seeing both sides of it and trying to convince him to not do this... Yeah, and that's would what you be want, more right? Star- that's more in the vein of Star Trek. But- it's all about chemistry and those interesting dialogues between characters with you know sharing big ideas usually yeah right? yeah but this uh, d- didn't have it no instead we get I'll, I'll admit it is charming the 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 chemistry between bones and spock i found to be quite good bones was the best part of this movie he really was he he was the most well done carl urban yeah like the, like he's the only one who has some heart and is the one who's actually having some fun maybe at the well, onset it seemed like it but i also don't i don't blame the actors because they're all great actors it's just the script was kind of yeah, flat but the like only, there wasn't the only time when we get a little bit of heart is when the the joke about the pendant right being oh yeah sort of a tracking device that like my my theater was loving that and the callbacks to that were always it was pretty getting good. a lot of laughs like that was a great moment and and the way spock is reacting is really hilarious when he's he's coming to the realization how creepy that is that kind of is and he's like wait no you I, oh, I, did, I, didn't, oh shit. I didn't mean to give my girlfriend it's, it's, a tracking device it's really good i mean that to me is the essence of the first two trek movies and this one for being this sort of throwaway pulpy episodic adventure in it you would think it would have more of those character-driven, you know, sort of back-and-forth, ping-pong, friendly, chummy yeah. dialogue moments. But it doesn't. You, you don't. You, you get way less of it here. And, and this movie should have more of that because it's just it should be the, the Star Trek universe kicking its shoes off and sort of stretching its legs and, and having fun with the franchise and it it somehow doesn't seem to do that i don't know how it managed to do that though wait how did it and it can we get into the beastie boy sabotage sequence (laughs) so you just (laughs) sorry um so the fact that the enemy like they, they call them the swarm the enemy ships because they swarm so that makes sense right like the fact that they're using this communication algorithm they're like hey let's use radio to disrupt it that'll work something like really basic that you know they can't what about what about vhf yeah vhf luckily alien girl happens to have an old stereo kicking around let's just hook that up she's got a mixtape what we need something loud okay beastie boys this seems to be informed maybe a bit by guardians of the galaxy uh, it could be. Like, I know that Sabotage was back in the first movie in 2009. It's kicked off the whole adventure, almost. Yeah. Like, that's our introduction to Kirk. Well, Kirk's comment, saying, like, good choice. That makes sense, right? And, and it, yeah, because he, lo- he loved the song as a kid. And, and for those who maybe don't even understand why Trek has these Beastie Boys references at all, it's, if you've listened to Beastie Boys, 
you've noticed it references the track. There's Star Trek all over the place. So it's J.J. Abrams' way of paying homage to, like, I think one of his favorite bands, I guess. And it's being yeah. called back here. In It's being called back in the most ridiculous possible way and, and being, like, threaded into the plot of the movie. Although, as we talk about it, I'm going to admit, I... Oh, that get was, the fuck out. That was one of my favorite sequences in the entire movie. <laughs> So let's g- g- give me this. What happens? They they play sabotage and then over they, the VHF speaker, and then they just fly by the ships, and they can't communicate their complex maneuvers anymore, and fly into each other and blow up. This seems to me like the end of Independence Day resurgence. <laughs> it, it sort of is. So what this really is, though, is this is your Mars Attacks ending. This is your Ghostbusters two ending, where you you play, play music. you play a song in sort of a semi ironic charming trying to be funny way oh i didn't oh music is what's gonna kill him and it's a way to sort of make a montage out of it i'm not sure i liked it within the scope of the film but i just <laughs> enjoyed the fact that this was happening on screen so i was like i think i was so starved for entertainment to that point that i was like all right we got loud music and explosions it's ridiculous and i'm digging it because everything else kind of was boring that's my it's, But it doesn't feel like it's a Star Trek <laughs> no, it's movie so, at all, it's does so it? it's so weird. Like, it's so out of... Like, is this... Is, is, it, is it Fast and the Furious? Not even. It, it seems... It's it's like... Closer? Trek, Fast and the Trekkiest? Or so, I don't fucking know. You no. think it's closer to that, I guess, eh? I yeah. mean, I'm a huge Fast and Furious fan. I love Fast Five. I love Furious Six. Those are my two main... The rest aren't great. Um, Justin Lin did both of those. I was... I wanted... The ch- there's no great chase sequences in this movie, really. No. The motorcycle stuff is garbage. It's like, so just, bad. I don't even, like, what? We get this setup of Kirk, oh, what? There's a motorbike there. Like, what is that? Is that a Harley? Like, oh, fuck. Can't wait for this setup to be paid off later. Like, it's... Distraction. Okay, he's going to perform a distraction on the bike. We know it. It's And then he just drives around a little. Like, this reminds like, me of <laughs> in uh, Star Trek Nemesis when we had those, like, dune buggy sequence. Oh, yeah. And then you start thinking to yourself, like, when, w- this is Star Trek? Like, where did we go wrong? I guess we're going to look at Beyond and see this dirt bike scene, f- like, driving all over these weird Hawaiian huts in the weird <laughs> volcanic like crater. Huts. Yeah, like, yeah, these pineapple things with, li- I don't know. Um... You know, virtually nothing memorable about this. No, Mike. To, to, to bring it home, I don't. It's entirely forgettable. Once again, I'm pretty sure that whole crawl thing was supposed to be a callback to how humanity had, like, if we want to better ourselves, we have to get rid of the past, but it can always come back to destroy us, right? I mean, that's what I got out of it. If we had had an, a little prologue scene with Crawl's mission going wrong, then we would have gotten some setup, and then oh, him discovering the power, maybe. Oh, what he can heal. And then we go, and then we get the credits. Yeah, maybe introduce Crawl. So then I know, and then I care. Introducing him as Balthazar. Yeah. And then down to the final three, and they're like, shit, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden they find something. Oh, Crawl is Balthazar. Cool. Well, maybe we don't know that right away, right? Like they That's find, what I mean. Yeah, at exactly. The, at the end, then the reveal makes it way it, it, better. There's some, something called payoff. Yeah. And so that didn't work for me the central villain plot but then kirk as i said earlier kirk and spock both wanting to leave not telling each other because into darkness set up their friendship so well 
But then they're never talking to each other or interacting for the entire movie. Yeah, the friendship doesn't develop at all, right? Like, like none of, um, like none of the characters. You don't get the sense that any of these characters are, are really growing or making any progress as as, no, as individuals. Not at all. Like how how does Kirk come back? We're in the third movie, Mike. We should be really. These characters should really be kind of in coming into an interesting territory in terms of their character. We, we should be really exploring interesting parts of their character and we're we have nothing. Well, what, yeah, what happens to bring Kirk back to say, "You know what? You can't fly as a fleet admiral, can you? I want to stay a captain." Like what has happened? All he's done is like go through the motions and it's just the same shit we've seen before. And with Spock, why all of a sudden has he decided that he doesn't want to be the ambassador anymore. Like, none of it makes any sense. Yeah, the, the mission they just completed has... There, there's no revelations that is... That they're... No. And I think the problem with the end of it, for me, is kind of Lord of the Rings style. I thought it would it was basically over when they crashed their ship through the, street, or through the river and stopped Crawl's ships, which was super cool, mm-hmm. coming up from the water. I thought that was done, but then it went on for like 20 minutes... Of just yeah. stupid shit. Yeah. Well, we need to fight crawl hand to hand. Like we need a, a you know a hand to hand combat scene. Well, they're just like, hey, worked it into darkness. Let's just throw a hand to hand combat. Like there was just so many poor decisions with this film. Um. Yeah, and it just it just goes to what the problem for me. Uh, I'm I'm giving this a six out of ten. By the way, uh, I don't like this movie. Fair it's enough. just as bad as Ghostbusters to me. It's just another reason why churning good quality intellectual property through the blender of tentpole summer Hollywood blockbusters. Like just, just putting these great movies that we love and great properties through the summer blockbuster machine. It just doesn't work like ghostbusters and star Trek. I don't think are meant for summer release 150, 180, $200 million budget movies. Uh, when well, Star Trek, the first two were pretty good. I still enjoyed them. Yeah, but they still don't do what the what the superhero movies do. No, what the, what Star Trek is supposed to do. That's true. And 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 that is like the, the the none of these movies, even by the third one, like we're not exploring any philosophical or social themes. We're not looking at uh. Like, our characters aren't learning any lessons about the nature of, say, diplomacy or war or peace or acceptance or friendship or love or politics or races, like, you know, race relations. Like, hopefully the show, Star Trek Discovery, is... Because we live in the... As political time as you can get, as as political as it was in the 60s when the original Star Trek came out, you could... It's like... People have a lot of more, the same themes, actually. Exactly. People so. have a lot more rights now than they did in the '60s, thankfully. But the world seems we haven't really made progress. It seems, and and people, you know, racism is just as alive as it was. And these movies don't underline any sort of interesting aspects of social life or philosophical ideas. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 I mean, they're gonna they're gonna keep making Mission Impossible style Star Trek movies. And I'm going to like them less and less, I think. So, what do you got? Uh, I originally thought I liked it more until we started talking about it. Sorry about that. No, no, I'm going to give it a seven because I still was entertained. 
uh, for some of it at least. But as I said, it was mostly forgettable. So while I was watching it, I was like, okay, all right. I laughed a few times. There's some good jokes. Carl Urban was amazing. Uh, and then he is awesome in everything. He is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then afterwards it just left my mind. I totally forgot that I even cared what at all about this thing. So, so you, would you put beyond, uh, underneath like lower down than into darkness and the first one? Yes. Yeah. See that like a lot of people I think were coming out saying beyond is better than into darkness. And I, I was going in expecting that I, I was too. And I, it is nowhere near as good as Into Darkness. And that's, to me, saying something. Well, I think, yeah, I, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I guess it, it's, it's totally just my opinion, I suppose. But it doesn't stand up to criticism as much as the other two do. Like, it's not nearly as solid a film overall. Mm-hmm. Maybe it felt a little more Star trek because there was less crazy action space battles. So it seemed yeah. it seemed a and little there's more, more. There's more aliens. Ooh, it seemed a little more contained. But that's just all like smoke and mirrors. It's just stuff you look yeah. at face value, and then if you go beneath the surface, it's not a very good movie overall. I hate to break it to y'all, but that'll do it. That's that's our thoughts on on a disappointing entry in the Star Trek universe. Now, it's too bad because it's such a great cast. I know, and J.J. Abrams does say that the uh, the script for the fourth movie is the best out of all of them. I hope so. Which I don't... I mean, of course he's going to say that, but, I mean, at this point, that's the fourth one is going to be your best? Okay. Whatever. I can only be so cynical. I'd like to believe that it is going to we'll be see. the best. We'll Beth, see. the best. George Kirk is back for that one. Interesting. Um, I hope they don't do a whole, like, Star Trek Generations thing where there's weird... It's going like, to be time travel and stuff. Uh, it's going to be some... It's going to be rough. Sorry. Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm already I'm already picturing this garbage. Oh, no, shit. <laughs> We're going to see, like, a young Picard or something or... Oh, fuck. Yeah, this might get rough. Okay. That'll do it. Thank you uh, for bearing with us through this review. It was It was a rough one. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Jason Bourne, uh, which is Bourne 4, I guess, if we yeah, remove if you... Bourne Legacy out of the equation, which we're going to do, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's Bourne 4. So we are going to be doing a little bit of a different episode. We're doing a Jason Bourne marathon. Uh, we meant to do more of these, really. Like In the beginning of the Vertical Viewing podcast, the first episode we published to iTunes was the Fast and Furious marathon. Uh, leading up to Fast Seven last year, and we meant to, we always meant to do more of these. Like uh, we we want to do sequel <laughs> sequel. So for Doctor Strange, we can't do the all. entire Marvel Cinematic right? Universe. I mean, that, we we can't do that. So for uh, the Born, oh shit! For extravaganza, the... we're going to be doing the Born Identity, the Born Supremacy, the Born Ultimatum. Ultimatum. We're going to cap it off with Jason Bourne. Uh, next weekend I'm looking forward to this one a lot I haven't heard anything yet which is a bit scary this whole summer has been like that very rough like reviews have been waiting to the last minute to come out until the last minute yeah yeah I mean I was a gigantic fan of the uh, last film from Paul Greengrass Captain Phillips is incredible Uh, Tom Hanks right yeah that one yeah that's intense it's amazing like he's he is working on a different level in terms of like r- sort of realism. Paul Greengrass's movies feel extremely 
gritty. I, I, I could see him doing a really great job with a superhero property. For sure. Uh, so I'm stoked for Jason Bourne next week. Where can we find you on the internet? I'm Mike? at Michael R. Lind on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram is at Miguel Lind. Okay, so. and we got we got the vertical viewing Instagram as well, yeah, which is vertical viewing. So at vertical viewing, um, make sure y'all folks, kids out there, listen to our Dungeons and Dragons episode. I'm going to be promoting this one for a couple of weeks. Hopefully, people get into this. Uh, it's a bit of a different thing than we normally do, uh, but keep an open mind. It's kind of fun. Uh, let us know if you want us to continue the quest. And give us suggestions for that. Yeah, we're fighting weird flying daggers. It's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can follow me at Scott Wilson BC. That's with two L's. Uh, we're on Twitter at Vertical Viewing, Vertical Viewing at Gmail dot com, Vertical Viewing dot com. Click on the donate button if you can. If you got a couple extra bucks kicking around, movies are getting expensive. We appreciate everything you can. Uh, yeah. Go to iTunes. Leave us your twice baked potato. Recipe. Twice you have. Leave us a baked. That's so good. Sounds amazing. Five star review with your double baked potato recipes in iTunes. Get us onto that new and noteworthy page, please. Uh, that gets us yeah, a lot we of appreciate it. A lot of exposure when you get onto that front iTunes page. Um, yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Mike? It just didn't seem like a finished movie. No, Star Trek Beyond. No, it seemed like a bit of a... Undercooked. Yeah. Very undercooked. Very undercooked. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and forgettable as hell. Yeah. I will not remember it. Like, it's been a couple days. I'm not going to remember it. I, and, I, and unfortunately, no desire to maybe ever watch it again. Nope. Whereas, I, I will definitely return to one and two. Oh, I, yeah. I've got the Blu-ray for one. I'm going to probably watch that maybe this week. It is... It is so much it moves my palate exactly it moves it, it it's such a breezier film oh yeah so many this one good even, emotional moments in that beyond even had some boring parts to it man it, for somehow yep so guys you can skip beyond watch star trek 09 and 013 and you can be happy with that uh and then i guess wait for four yeah whatever right? okay okay all right that should do it Thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, Mm -hmm. keep it vertical. What?